Imitators, episode 37, Stuart Thompson. This is the longest uh, documented Yamatat episode so far. I say that because uh, that episode of Will Weldon, um, it was uh, it was around three hours. I think it was a little, little over, actually. Um, but this episode was awesome. We talked a lot about stand-up. We talked a little about about his uh, acting and um, sketch writing and improv and um, he's got a lot going got a lot on the table and uh, I don't want to uh, bog you down with too much intro because it's a long one so enjoy hope you enjoy it a lot of laughs a lot of uh, a lot of um, riffing and stuff um, go to facebook.com slash Yamatat with Doug Culp comment um, question life um, liberty, pursuit of uh, yamminess. Uh, yeah, there's a new one. Um, iTunes and Stitcher. If you guys listen on either of those, if you rate or review at all, thank you so much because that helps out a lot. And um, uh, our apartment comedy show, we talked about that here on the podcast. Um, I I may will I may well have already started the show back again once this uh, episode airs um let's hope for that um my twitter is at dougathan d-o-u-g-a-t-h-a-n and the show's twitter is at yamatat y-a-m-a-t-a-t so yam it up uh the pursuit of yamminess and um go 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 listen tell everyone about it all right Yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. It's pretty cool. <laughs> Did you go on a mission and everything? Yeah. Dominican Republic. Okay. Mm-hmm. How'd it go? Oh, wow. All right. Hmm. And as a result, I speak Spanish too. Okay, yeah. that's cool. Mm-hmm. The only way to learn is to do a full, you know, be in it. Fully immersed. Yeah. <sighs> uh, and where'd you where'd you grow up? Did you grow up? Uh, you're in California, or? Um, all over. I was born in Northern California. We moved to Reno when I was two. Tulsa okay. when I was seven. Santa Maria. Do you know where that is? I feel like I've been there, but it, it, it's I've like never driven through there. It's like an hour north of Santa Barbara. Mm-hmm. When I was ten. Um, Northern Kentucky when I was 14. Okay. Just about to start high school. Uh-huh. And that's where I was. Before I moved to San Diego County, and I lived there for eight and a half years, and then I moved up here. You did in the military or something, or a minister? No, uh, common question though, but he's a TV news producer. Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. He's always trying to get in the bigger and bigger media markets. Uh, I see. San Diego's a pretty big one. Uh, No, actually, I moved out there myself. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, they went from northern Kentucky. He was working in Cincinnati, so that Uh was like... That's a pretty big one. It's like, Kentucky's not big. We know that. Um, but, you know, Cincinnati, Ohio, that's, you know, it's a lot of people still. Yeah, and then they moved from Cincinnati area to Seattle, like, four and a half years ago, five years ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool, man. Mm-hmm. It's been, uh, it's been sure. pretty crazy. Yeah, I'm sure it's been a, said it's a, 
tra moving around can be troubling, but I, I always move around, but just within the Bay Area. <laughs> um, so, but I mean, like changing schools, no matter when you're a kid, like any distance. Yes. Yeah. Like, I gotta start this again. Here yeah, we like, go yeah, again. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's a sitcom lifers. Yeah. It's made it easy though to like move around now. Sure. Yeah. No, you you you're used to the nomadic lifestyle. Yeah. This is a neat setup. So this is your place, and then how do you know? So. Craigslist. Okay. I got the room off Craigslist and she rented it out. And Does she sleep in the living room? Yeah. Okay. Did you see the bed out there? Yeah, I saw it. I was yeah. just, at first I was like, is this your bed or is this her? <laughs> and I see you. Like, okay, this seems like a dude's. Yeah. Apparently she's been living that way for the last like 10 years and really? she's, she's, she's like cool totally it? cool with it, yeah. Alright. And because otherwise she would have like moved into the room and then rented out the space out there. But I think, I think probably like she likes the space the air conditioner is out there that's true the home phone is out there like she uses the home phone a lot uh -huh. and um and also i mean yeah after 10 years probably just be like well this is this is my life so. all right yeah <laughs> wait so I, I was i was just looking around the room i was like where does he sleep like, is oh that oh, okay so oh, the you... foam mat folded in half and then tri-folded okay Keep it. Guys, you got so much stuff in here. Tucked away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't really have room for a bed. Um, but it's fine. It's really comfortable. Okay. Yeah. I mean, is it memory foam? Mm-hmm. That kills it. It's, it's, it's the, the best. best. Yeah. It's the best. Yeah. Um, I was married and then divorced. Really. Yeah. And uh, in the divorce, like after the divorce, my ex-wife was like, "Hey, I think I'm gonna sell the bed." Um, to my friends because uh, they're married and they like need a new bed and I was like yeah it's fine like I was just being like agreeable because I didn't because it was like kind of amicable like there wasn't any like you didn't uh, have any kids there's no kids there was no like alimony there was no like right there was the only thing that we split was like because it was less than a year uh -huh. so the only thing we split was like the money in the bank and then right. like that was pretty much it what is and what is she she do if you don't mind me asking. She um, went to school to be an esthetician. Okay. Which is like face instead of hair. Uh huh. Um. So does she still do, do that? Because you say she went to school for it. Oh. Or she still I school don't know. Like I right. haven't you haven't, really. You haven't kept in touch. Kept in touch. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Um. But it's funny because like when there's ever uh, like a. Whenever there's a breakup of any kind between, like, any, friends any, any people, yeah. friends, and, like, they were friends with that other person, too, like, on yeah. Facebook or whatever, so they still are friends with, like, my two buddies who I lived with are still friends with her on Facebook, and then, sure. um, they were, like... They'll occasionally give you updates whether they're solicited or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Hey, you want to know what's going on? <laughs> it was funny, because one day they were just, like, hey, so, she got married, and I was, like, huh. Well, good for her. <laughs> Wait, so, so how old are you? Are you? I'm thirty. Thirty. Okay. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I'm just. It seems like you've lived. You, you've lived quite. Uh, pretty, I've lived a life. Yeah, you've had. I'm you know, ready to die now. <laughs> <laughs> you've had like you've you've had a lot of things go on. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those things where it's like. Plus, you're trying to kind of do the math as I gave my moving history. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, and it's also like you know you you do the you do the Mormon mission thing and. Mm -hmm. 
that, you know, that would beg the question for me. Like, how does, you know, are you still in, like, does your religion still play a big part of your life very much? Or yeah. I, mean, I don't know how divorce plays in, in Oh, I mean, it's, it's not, it's not encouraged like sure. any, like any church would. Right, um, you know, they, they want people to stay together, I get it. Right, but then, I mean, I went to the church leader that, and, uh, I was just like, I mean, there's no, there's no chemistry, there's no spark, and, and he was like, all right, well, he goes, now, we don't encourage divorce in the church, and he goes, but I gotta tell you, after being married for 30 years, that spark, it's really important, and I was just yeah. like, I know, right, ah! <sighs> so, so long you've been on your own. Um, the separation was May of 2012. Okay, so it's a little over two years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, haven't had a, haven't had a girlfriend since then, but, you know, just like... You need to date around if you feel like it or... Yeah, just whatever. Just trying, eh, like, hovering on the online dating thing, like, it's so dumb. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a weird thing. I mean, I understand for, for some people it it seems to really work or it seems to be comfortable. Yeah. Because uh, it's casual and it's a, and it's just a ma- as much involvement as you want to put into it. Yeah. Um, so it's. I mean, really, the future of romance is Tinder. I mean, you can <laughs> yeah. <laughs> our, our thumbs could go, could. I'm looking for Mr. Right, Miss. Oh my gosh. I'm looking for my. Oh, I missed her. Oh, yeah. Right. Uh. Um, looking for the lady of my dreams. <laughs> nope. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so strange. Cause, uh, yeah. my, my roommate uh, just got divorced. Mm. Um, and that's part of the reason why I'm living with her, is because my roommate moved out of my place, and then her husband moved out. And so it was just like, we both need a roommate. <laughs> Whoa. So. So. It, it was, it's a little, it's a little odd. Um, but a odd couple situation. Kind of, but she's um, you know, she's figuring out her way to get back on her feet, and um, she's keeping busy. She's also a comic, so. Okay. Um, and uh, been there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not planning on being romantically involved with her. We're kind of past that. It's too late. You you've already said it. It's gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> sure hope not. But <laughs> It's like you get to the point where it's like when you live with someone and it's like you know them mm-hmm. so well. It's like, nah, I, I can't. I, I couldn't make this happen. <laughs> I can't swing this. <laughs> is there is there an age difference? Yeah, she's. I'm 24. She's 35, 36. She'll never tell you how old she is, but she. <laughs> but. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's on recording now, so. Oh, okay. Been you've been recording. You've been <laughs> yeah. You just leave it on when you leave the when you leave the apartment. You just yeah. cut that out. Yeah. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. No one. No, no one needs to know her name. Yeah. I'll bring this down now so we can see the monitor. Oh, okay. So um, we can see what's. Yeah. Let's check their levels here. <laughs> no, it's just because uh, for the because I had Will Weldon on. Uh huh. And um, we got like, we got through the whole thing. It ended up being like three hours. Oh golly! And um, but then I like brought th- the thing down, and then I was like, "Oh shit! Only an hour and twenty minutes recorded." Oh. Yeah. So that's, that that's always a bummer. Yeah. So then we gave an addendum. And we were like, "This, uh, oh, this never happens." Uh, 
this is, this is an epilogue uh, to my podcast. Oh, you deserve life. better. Uh, I'm so sorry. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, um... All that was platinum. How could you not <laughs> yeah, record it? I know. There was a lot of good stuff where I was like, damn it, we can't like just recreate that. Yeah. Because I don't remember. Yeah, no, you, you can't, you can't, you know, it's, it's one of those, no matter how hard you try, it's, it's yeah. you just gotta let it, you know, be in the ether. The only thing I could do is, like, get to the very end where it cuts off, and then be like, oh, then we, I think we maybe talked about that, which led to something else, I don't know. Yeah, it's like you're trying, it'd be like trying to recreate an improv show. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because, mm-hmm. like, you know, you're all you're all just trying to figure it out together, and someone gives you a suggestion. You just try and go with it, and then sometimes magic happens, and that's you know the miracle of live performance. But you just if you were to be given the same even the same suggestion mm-hmm. a day later or a week later, it's like oh man, didn't didn't record or the I pe- didn't uh, I don't know, man. It's, that's how improv works. Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, sorry. There's just there's no way to you know. So I can live up to your perfect standards of life. We create that lightning in a bottle. <laughs> that is improv. <laughs> yeah. For those of you who are listening, I'm not trying to be too cynical with improv. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I've it's t- really hard. I've, it is very hard. It, and what's the hardest for me, the hardest thing about improv for me, is that so many people do it for free. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because um, there's so many people who are so good and I was like, why are you not getting paid to do this? It's hard enough as a stand-up comedian <laughs> to find paying gigs when we need them. Yep. And with improv, it was like, there's, su- and there's such a huge delineation between good and bad improv. Oh my gosh, it's, it's crazy. And I've, I've, gotten a, I've gotten a taste of both. Not a lot of experience in both, but I mean, I've just taken classes and done the shows and stuff mm. like that. And, but, you know, when you get to be a part of something that's great, is like, you should be paying us hundreds of thousands of dollars because we created a, a completely unique performance that yeah. will never be seen again. Mm-hmm. And then when it's bad, it's like, we should all be... Burned in a fire Lined right up now. and shot <laughs> yeah. in front of a firing squad. <laughs> it would be totally warranted. <laughs> it was really bad. I'm sorry. Uh, I owe you lots of money. I owe each of you five dollars. <laughs> For the rest of your life, every day. Yeah. Every hour on the hour. Yeah, man. <laughs> and it, my, my bank would be like, yeah, it's just like um, you qualify for a special <laughs> improv payback loan. <laughs> we have a lot of people on the I'm trying to redeem myself to my friends <laughs> program. <laughs> yeah, that's improv. Yeah. We know. Yeah. Um, so you t- said you took classes. Where did you take classes at? UCB. Okay. Yeah, I did the whole sketch and improv program. All, all of them? Yeah, I mean, I, I started, I mean, I started out, so when I came to LA for the second time. Where'd like, you come from? I, I started doing comedy in San Francisco. Oh yeah, that's right. And I. Punchline? Did you uh, I, yeah, there? Yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually going to be there on uh, Sunday. What? Yeah. A paid gig? Uh, well, the Sunday is the local showcase, but I'm, I'm getting, I'm hosting the following Tuesday and Wednesday. So I'm, I'm going up to the bay on Thursday. I'm doing like Rooster, Rooster Teeth Feathers. I'm hosting the weekend there. That's Thursday through Saturday. But I managed to get the Tuesday Wednesday gig, and then I just filled in by doing. I'm going to do the Sunday showcase. I'm going to do some other show on. Monday. Cool. 
Yeah. And do you get to be local showcase because do your parents live up there? Or? Uh, so the way it works with the punchline yeah. um, is uh, you hang out there. Oh, residency on, kind of thing. Like you just, hang out there on Sundays yeah. when you're a local. Yeah. So I started hanging out there from, I started comedy in 09. I started hanging out there in beginning of 2011. Uh, and they make you hang out from 6 to 12 months. That's just how they do it. Because there's so many comics in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, there's, yeah. I mean, nowhere near as many as LA, but there's at least like a couple hundred that are doing it seriously. And then there's a couple hundred more that are just doing, are hobbyists. Yeah. So there's so many people that want to get on that Sunday showcase because it's really the only club in town that does that. Yeah. Uh, and I ended up hanging out there for like 10 months. So started hanging out in January of 2011, got up for the first time in October, 2011. And then I finished college in December. Uh, uh so a couple months later, and then I moved to LA permanently in January, 2012. Oh. So, I, and what I did was I would basically coordinate with the guy who was running the local showcase at the time to come up every couple of months. Cause you, when you, if you do well enough on the Sunday showcase, you get on a rotation. Yeah. So you get on every two to three months. And so I would come up, you know, every two to three months. I just organize it and I coordinate with him and get mm. up. And I keep killing each time I went up there. Yeah, and, and so I was they getting, remember you. And then... Yeah, exactly. And so I would, I would get better down here because L.A. is, you know, it's like weightlift, you know, heavy-duty weightlifting for comedy. Yeah, especially the open mics. And exactly. Like, yeah. yeah, you just you get you get thicker skin. Uh, and so I'd go up and i keep doing well. And I, start, I, I auditioned for Molly, who's the booker for the two punchlines and Cobbs. Hmm. And uh, I never got a weekend to host. Sometimes, you know, usually if you do well with your audition, you get a weekend. And it's not to say I didn't do well with my auditions. It's that I think she knew that I'm not. I wasn't a local. Yeah. And it's like she You're has not so like many hanging around. Yeah, she has so many locals that she has to give weekends to. And so I, I get that. Yeah. I'm not, I have no ill will towards Molly. I think she's. You're not she, bitter. Molly's no, no. doing what she's got to do. No, she's and she's one of the, the she's regarded as one of the best bookers in the country, next to some of the bookers for the major clubs down here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, outside of LA, she's you know the real deal. So my goal is you know just eventually go up and feature there, and she's letting me host on like a Tuesday, Wednesday. Maybe she'll let me host a weekend, you know, coming up, and that'd be great. Yeah. Uh, but until then, I'm just gonna you know keep working on my stuff and you know try and go if I can go up and feature with a headliner that's willing to, willing and able to take me, then that's probably going to be the way I'm going to get into that club. Yeah. So. Uh, you said you started in 09, so you were 18? Yeah, I did. Cool, I was 18 man. going on 19. I think, if I remember the date correctly, I think it was March 12th, 2009. And I turned 19 on the 17th. Nice. Yeah. It was, uh, it was interesting. Um, when did you start? Uh, 07. Okay. Um, but... Did you start here in LA? No, I started in San Diego. Okay. There's there's this room called Winston's Pub. I'm familiar with Winston. I haven't been there, but I've been there, but I haven't performed there. It's a rough room, dude. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like all comics, yeah. and um, pretty much. Yeah. And then and then there's some people who are like just there to drink. Of course. And then some people who are there for like the band that's coming on after. Yeah. So it's your, so it's, it's, it's like gorilla mixed. comedy. Yeah, you're like you're interrupting people's night <laughs> to try and work on jokes. Yeah. Plus, there's a huge disparity between the stage and where the crowd starts. It's yeah. about twelve feet. Yeah, there's a, there's a bigger than a bad breath bubble. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, what? A, could, no, there's no one. No one's gonna move closer than this. Okay. Yeah. You just have right. to you know yeah. launch comedy. So into anyway. The void. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See if it jumps the chasm. Yeah, so I, I mean, I started there, and it's like a, it's a good room to like just 
eat shit. Yeah, cut your teeth. Yeah, and um, I started there, and I still want to do it, so that's, like, a good a good sign of, like... Yeah, I kind of felt the same way. It was, like, I I started at a place called The Brainwash, which is a cafe-slash-laundromat. Okay. <laughs> the south of Market District in San Francisco. It's, like, it's 7th and Folsom, and they, they've been doing an open mic there every Thursday for 15 years. Wow. And the guy, it's the same guy who hosts it, unless he's out of town. His name is Tony Sparks, uh, who's considered the godfather of San Francisco comedy. Okay. That's what's the great thing about uh, smaller markets is that there's you have people like that who are like, it's the godfather of <laughs> this smaller It's the town. dawn of time. <laughs> yeah, it's like the dawn of Cincinnati comedy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, you want some time on my mic? Yeah. You're going to have yeah. to do some time. Yeah, it'd be like, it'd be some. <laughs> Some name that sounds kind of made up, but isn't like Tony Sparks seems like a name that's made up. He's yeah. so great, and he's been a really great supporter of me. Early and it's on. a fake name. <laughs> it sounds <laughs> fake, but you know he, he's super great. And um, so I, I started there, and you just you sign up, and then the mic goes from like seven to eleven. Nice. Uh, and you perform in the cafe part, the laundromat part. Unfortunately, is separated. Um, but people, that, that place is such a profitable business in San Francisco hmm. because people need to wash their clothes yeah. and people need to eat. And there's a time <laughs> when you're just sitting around while you're getting your laundry, you might as well That's go get a perfect. sandwich. Yeah. Exactly. And so they do the money. And you might as well listen to some comedy. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, for the most part, comedy in San Francisco is pretty good. Just like a lot of comedy in San, San Diego is pretty good yeah. overall because there's a lot of comics and so there's a fair amount of competition. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, yeah, it's people would really engage with the performers, and it was nice. That's cool. And So a lot of, like, standing then, huh? Yeah, there's standing, and the, there's, there's be standing room, and there, there's plenty of, you know, seated area. It's, it's like, a cafe, it's a, too. Yeah, be a packed mic. <laughs> and I, that was a big thing when I moved down here. I was like, why, are the, why in the hell are there no people at these mics? And I realized, oh, because everyone is just, just cares about themselves. Yeah. And, so, and everyone's yeah. focused on their own thing. In San Francisco, people will go see a show like that of amateur performers and it blows my mind now that I'm here that people would even go do that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Because there's, there's so many other mics to go to and there's so, like, you're... Yeah, and, I mean, in L.A. it makes sense because there's so many, you can, there's so much great, cheap entertainment. Yeah. And you could go to UCB or to I.O. or to um, the Improv or the Comedy Store and you could go see a show for not that much yeah. money in the, you know, the big scheme of things. But in San Francisco, people love weird, sh- they love weird shows. Yeah. They love weird performers. If you're a weird comic, like San Francisco can really be a, a you know, a haven for you. They'll be like, stay here forever. And you're yeah. like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> and, there, and there are comics who do, and it, it, it troubles me and, you know, it's, you know, delightful at the same time. Same with, uh, San Diego. Yeah. There's comics who stay there forever, and they're just yeah. like, well, now I'm going to die because I'm too old to live anymore. Yeah, and you just you get to a point where you're, <laughs> old, you're old enough where you're like kind of set in your ways, and like you're comfortable, and you got your day job, and you got you know, stand-up that you do yeah. you know, four times a week or whatever at most. And I understand that, and I, I see comics in San Francisco, especially a lot of comics who have like great tech jobs. Hmm. Or they have like a great teaching gig or something like that yeah. that's flexible, and so they don't have to... They have no reason to move. Yeah, they don't have a job in LA, and they kind of like their position where they 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 get the headlines in local shows and you know do you know thirty minutes of time a week and 
They're comfortable. Yeah. Here's Wacky Jack. Yeah. <laughs> it could be. It could be that. <laughs> I will go up to. I will go up to San Francisco. I'm going up to the Bay this week. This weekend, I will probably run into a guy named Wacky Jack. <laughs> If you do, you have to let me know. I, I will take a picture with him, and I will text you, and I will have him come down so he can do your show. So we can have the addendum to my episode with Wacky Jack. Yeah. So your name is Wacky Jack. Uh, how'd you get that name? Well, I'm Wacky. Yeah. <laughs> well. Like, it's, like, it's, real, it's, like, yeah, really it's really heartfelt. Intense. Like, really intense story of why. It's like, well, it all started back in Nam. I used to work carnivals back in the <laughs> I was working the Chitlin circuit and the, the Carney circuit. And, uh, I just got really good at whack-a-mole, so they called me Wacky Jack. <laughs> whack-a-mole. Was he, was a whack, he was like a whack-a-mole shark. <laughs> he just like, he challenges people to whack-a-mole. He's like, I bet, I bet, I bet I can beat you. <laughs> he, he, just, every time. he steals people, you know, out of house and home. It's Wacky Jack. It's Wacky Jack. <laughs> The legend of Wacky Jack. <laughs> in a world. In a world where. Where. where <laughs> yeah, the Carney Mafia is after him or something like that. Dang, I wish that guy was still around. The in a world guy? Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. They'll find another. Mm. If, if, so, if so many people can do impressions of that guy. Yeah. They'll find another. In enough. a world where yeah. people always did impressions of this guy. Yeah. In a, in a world of preview narration. <laughs> it's just like a, a highly cutthroat world. <laughs> Movies were looking for a new way. No, I'm the guy. No, I am. You, <laughs> you're an imposter. <laughs> it's my world. No, it's my world. That's, that's so awful. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, we're... We're appreciating him by doing the impression. Yeah, no, it's, it's sincerest form of flattery. Yeah, that's how I got started doing stand-up. I would just, I just did impressions. Oh yeah. I, I still do them on occasion, but I, I'm trying to find a. Come on. Uh, now yeah, the now, format. Yeah, now, now this. <laughs> this, this is the best format to do. Yeah. Like, no. I'll, I'll go open for someone on a weekend, and I will. They'll go do radio, and I'll go with them because I'm usually the guy driving, or I'm, you know, along for the ride. And, the the guy this guy I've opened for before he will make me do impressions for the radio guys and the radio guys love it they absolutely love it and it's drive time radio so I'm sure boing like boing <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah and and they and they love the ones that are like a little risque or uh, a little in your face like I the ones I would do the most were like I would do like Stewie Griffin and and the guy would keep having me do it and uh, and, and I would just I would just like darling I feel like a jukebox you keep putting coins in my coin slot and I, I'm gonna just perform for you it's like so I just do that and like he would get a kick out of it and, and, he, and the, the radio guys would get their fill or something like he would have me do like Gilbert Gottfried and it's like alright well it's gonna be a little in your face I hope your levels are ready to take this and your neighbors don't complain yeah, uh, that's good yeah so it was it was and it's fun to do but like I I, I've gotten to a point where like I, I'm very in my head about it. Yeah. Whereas like I I want to introduce the impressions as in the most organic and original way possible, but like in the end it's still just an impression. Yeah. I'll do them at open mics and I'll just get dead stares from people. It's like, like oh, he's, he's fucking doing impressions. Like <laughs> like it's not cool to do anymore. It's like it's like motherfucker. I I have a talent. Let me use it somewhere. 
Did you see, um, did you stick around for Greg Santos last I, night? Oh, no, I didn't. I had to... He did a bunch of impressions, but it was, like, like, original style impressions, like, uh, like, oh, really? Zach Alex would do, like, uh... Um, okay. Um, he would do, he would do, like, so-and-so in a particular situation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't, were like... They, were they good? It wasn't known person. It was just, like, this is the guy who... Oh, I see, yeah. ...always comes up to your desk and whispers to you at work. A guy who always comes. <laughs> yeah. A guy who always comes up to your desk and whispers to you at work. Okay. And then he gets, yeah. you get into character like yeah, you're so, like you doing a one man show. It was fun. The ones that I love doing the most are not famous people. Mm. They're just regular folks, <laughs> and there's usually people I work with at the comedy store. Like I, because what, ha- what what happens at the comedy store? I'm, do you hang out at the store much? I I haven't seen you there much. No, I, I did I did the belly room one time. I got I got on a show there. Okay. But um, so what happens at the comedy store? I mean, like the the, the paid regular show, it goes all night. It goes from nine till two. Everyone's doing fifteen minute sets, and usually um, at the end of the show, or the last last guy on is uh, Don Barris, and he's the warmer back for Kimmel. But he is a a great improviser and he's a highly improvisational performer and he. He has like set bits, but they are worked into crowd work, mm-hmm. uh, and he does it very well. He does it, you know, he closes up the show every night, yeah. ostensibly. And so, uh, he will. When I started working there, like two and a half years ago, there would be these guys who were like the kings of late night. Like Don would be the ringleader, and then there'd be a whole murder, like a murderer's row in the back of yeah. comics who would just chime in to to you know contribute, and they would usually do impressions. And this is on the main stage. This is in the original room. Okay. So, uh, which is like, you know, the workout How room. How many rooms are there? Three. So there's a belly room upstairs where you yeah, perform. That's yeah. like a black box theater setting. Yeah. There's the original room, which is like a comedy club set up. And that's where they do audition nights. That's where, you know, everyone gets their start. Like Letterman or Pryor, <laughs> you know, to Bobby Lee, to, you know, whoever's working today. Um, not to say that Bobby isn't. Love you, Bobby. <laughs> I don't know if he listens to podcasts. He probably doesn't. So, um, <laughs> that would be awesome. He's like, hey, they mentioned my name. Yeah. <laughs> he gets a Google alert. <laughs> so... You have one alert. <laughs> um, it's backpedaling. <laughs> okay, go, go so, on. So, so yeah, um, so Dom will close out the show, and then guys, guys in the back would be guys like um, uh, Earl Skakel or Jason Tebow or Sandy Danto, and all these guys, you know, Earl usually does his own voice because he has a very distinct voice, but um, Tebow would do impressions, and Sandy does incredible impressions. Sometimes Jeff Richards would come in and do impressions, like his, he'd do his Louis Anderson, mm. and I'm, I'd be butchering it, but he'd be like, I had him because I saw these boys and suck on Hi, everybody. Yeah, he would, he would, he would do, he does unbelievable <laughs> impressions, and we'd all be howling in the back, but he, he only comes in on occasion. Uh, so Sandy would do like his Polly Shore and he would do uh, other impressions of guys who are hanging out at the store. So it's like a very inside joke show, but it's so fun because everyone knows everybody. Yeah. And so since I knew I could do impressions, I just sort of started figuring out impressions of people that I worked with. Oh. I figured out like my manager, I figured out some of my other coworkers and uh, there's so many characters there that yeah. you can kind of make that happen. And people have a great time. So it became a really fun, you know, exercise in working on specific impressions, but hopefully will later become, you know, uh, incredible characters that I can use in some other context. Yeah. So, um, like, those characters will be, at least two of them will be on my SNL audition when I, when I do that. Nice. So it's, it, it has to be, because, like, they want unique characters just as much as they want, you know, celebrity impressions. And I, it, 
I don't know when I'll audition for SNL, but I would, you know, that's, you know, the dream gig. Yeah. And so, the, there's characters like that that are just incredible, that you can't, uh, you can't find anywhere else. They're undeniable because they're so real, based they're off so of, specific. like, real people. They're so specific. Yeah, and, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a little, you know, you get a glimpse at a life from that. So I just thought of the uh, Will Ferrell audition where he's doing the burger flipping. Yeah, he's doing the burger flipping. <laughs> yeah. He's doing the cat. Yeah. yeah. I remember when they finally got that sketch oh, yeah. on SNL, and I was yeah. like, yes, this is so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It, and it's, it's intense and it's kind of scary. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> he's just flipping the burgers. And, yeah. Oh, man. oh no! Wait, did they get that one on? Oh, they, or are you talking about the the cat one? Oh yeah! Yes. Oh yeah! I think they both. I got they got they. I they think they got, got both the, one. Yeah, they probably got it. Both yeah, the cat one was great. Yeah. It was just like, oh god. <laughs> the office setting. <laughs> Perfect. It's <sighs> awesome. Yeah. So that's what you do now for work? Is you work, like work at the comic store? Yeah, they are up and coming comics to work the door and answer phones. I mean, like Letterman worked there, Jim Carrey worked there, Sam Kennison. Markner and Bobby Lee, they all work there. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's it's kind of like a, it's the closest thing to like a comedy internship that you can get. Um, I call it like graduate school for comedy. Yeah. Um, and it's not, and not, they only hire, I mean, they hire dudes for the most part. There is one girl who works there who happens to be a comic. Um, and uh, but they, they, you know, they'll hire, Mitzi would always hire young male comics to work the room and seat the room and answer phones. And um, occasionally she would let, you know, Women who are comics work there. Sometimes they tend bar or um, work the cover booth. And yeah. There's there's comics that will tend bar and do that kind of thing. There's there's one server who's also a comic as well. Cool. So yeah, it's a um, so yeah, it's like every day. Like that's your that's how you're getting paid right now. Yeah. Aside from stand up gigs and acting gigs yeah. and writing gigs, that's yeah. um, yeah. So it's you know sometimes it's tough. I mean it's like it's hard to schedule sometimes because you know you want to do shows and yeah, yeah. Uh, you have to work at night and you know you work during the day a little bit but it's uh, mostly at night so you yeah. know, just try and balance gigs around it and so and they're I bet they're like really understanding like if you're like I got a gig and they're just like totally cool someone else will like swap out or? yeah I mean it's on you to find someone to cover you but there's enough of us that you know can get we can get shows covered cool and I, yeah, I've been there for enough, enough time that I'm I can kind of pull rank on some people. Let's just say, let's just say I've been there a while. I've let's been around the block. <laughs> let's just say uh, I got it covered. Yeah, I've been that. I've been down that road. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's cool. I'm, there are times when I hate it. Uh, I'll admit, you know, it's just like sometimes there's administrative stuff that you have to deal with. Sometimes it's like just a job. Yeah, whatever. and I, I don't want to see it as just a job, but you know, there are times when it's like that, and then there are times when it's you know great. I get to meet some of the biggest comics in the country, and the world for that matter, and I get to meet people who are huge in their industry. Like, you know, I think I was there on Saturday, Friday or Saturday, and Quentin Tarantino was in the audience. Huh. Uh, and, you know, we, he was there late, and you know, we, all kinds of crazy stuff happens at night. Sometimes, like, uh, the guy Don I was telling you about, he'll bring on a band that's, but it's like they're all, they're playing all, uh, uh, like Guitar Hero instruments <laughs> and stuff like that, and like playing chairs for drums. But it's like, it's a, it's, it's a, it's all original song. Yeah. And it's, everyone sort of knows the, the changes, and he stayed for it and had a great time. It was crazy. Nice. 
So, you know, crazy stuff like that happens. And what I love about the place is it's never boring. And then Quentin was like, do you want to be in my next movie? And you were like, yeah. Okay. I don't, I don't, <laughs> the problem is my career hasn't died for him to revive it. That's the, <laughs> there's no career to revive because it hasn't died yet. It, it's barely been born. Uh, that's uh, good. But yeah, it's... It, it, it's um, but yeah, people like that will come by all the time. And it's odd, but you know, it's just how it is. It's like a... You know, the people will refer to it as the inmates running the asylum. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I there's, like that. There's only there's only so many real rules there. It's like you you can do pretty much whatever you want there until someone tells you no. Yeah. Um, Test your limits. Yeah. Be funny. I mean, Kinnison worked. <laughs> Kinnison worked. <laughs> what <are> you? <laughs> <laughs> that was Pryor's home club. It's like, what are you gonna do? It's you know, there, you know, there's used to, the place used to be run by the mafia when it was before it was the comedy store. So, yeah. Yeah. It was a place about Ciro's. Okay. Uh, in the, like the late twenties through the early fifties, the Ciro's it, it was run by the mob, and there were, there's rumors and stories about how they would dispose of people in the building. We do these tours around Halloween and Ooh. you know share the lore. Are there okay. secret rooms and stuff? Secret hatches? Kind of. I mean, there's like there there used to be the area you go up to in the main room to go to the uh, the sound booth. Um, now it's just a storage closet, but right above the stairs you go up would be uh, used to be the boss's office, and there was a story where. If you got if you got called up to his office, the boss wants to see you. You'd walk up those stairs, and then the as you're walking up the stairs, the the office is literally above you. And so when you're walking up, you're walking away from the office. And so this, what would happen is a gun barrel would poke out of this little rectangular hole, what? really small, and it would get you in the back of the head. And that's how they would uh, get rid of people. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how true it is. Pretty crazy, nonetheless. Yeah, I like to. I like to think it's true. Yeah, I mean, a lot of sh it was the Mickey Cohen days, so uh, a lot of things. You One know, of the lesser known Cohen brothers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> When's Mickey Cohen gonna contribute to one of these movies? <laughs> he's the fucking delinquent brother. I mean, he's lazy, you know. Joel he... and Ethan do all the work. <laughs> he's earned his keep. Yeah, he, by murdering people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they also there's also um, there's a basement now, which is again just for storage, but. It used to be a tunnel that would go under Sunset Boulevard. What? So if you wanted to uh, escape, does it still open up into Sunset? No, it's uh, it's been filled in. Dang it! But it used to be, it used to be serving. Escape I want to find like secret tunnels and stuff. Yeah. Did you hear about um, Super Collider? There was uh, not the one up in Sweden or wherever. The Higgs boson. Yeah. And Siren. Not that one, but they were like starting one in Texas. Oh okay. And I guess they they either ran out of funding or they were like, it's not going to be big enough. So they stopped building it. But there's all these, like, huge carved out, like, not just carved out, but, like, I think it's all um, built, pretty much fully built. These sounds, but they're just, nothing's operational. Down under there. Texas, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I want to go down there. Yeah, what, is it near any, it can't be near any big city, right? I'm sure it's, you know, um, out, in the, out in the wilderness. It's, it's under Dallas. It's under Dallas. <laughs> no. It's right under the airport. <laughs> we, wanted, we wanted to expedite our ability to put an atomic bomb on an airline. Uh, so we just put the 747s right above us. Yep. <laughs> it's not a great design, but... Uh, it's the only place where we had space, man. It's kooky, you know? Yeah. Dallas, Austin, they got their whole, like, uh, indie scene. And yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. 
I forget where it actually is. So did Wells Fargo. <laughs> That's um, where we investors. There's the... Um, what is it, the, all those myths about, like, under the Colorado airport, Denver airport, with, like, um, uh, conspiracy, like, alien cover-ups and whatever, you never heard about this? No, no, no. Oh, man. Some of the, some of the rabbit hole stuff on YouTube is fun. Yeah. You're just like, okay, alright. My roommate and... People deny it, and then, like, you see pictures, and you're like, Yeah, it's like, well, I mean, it's, it's so hard to... It's hard to figure out where to give credence to certain stories, and you just got to figure out what you want to believe, mm-hmm. and you know what amount of evidence is enough for you. Uh, <laughs> it's like it's for me. It's a very it's very tough to. It's like a high threshold for me to like want to believe to believe in that stuff. You're on the Scully side. Sure. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm on the Mulder track. Yeah. Where I'm like, I want to believe, and when people bring yeah. stuff up like that, I'm like, Hey, man. I mean, you know, could could be. <laughs> I, I would love to be on that side a lot of the time, but I just haven't. I, I just ha- I don't know if I've gotten there yet. I'm just I'm super skeptical, and I don't I don't know if that's a good thing or not. But it's uh, my my roommate and a friend of ours and I were watching some Illum- like these Illuminati videos. Like this guy who's like an ex Illuminati, and mm. he used to work for like the CIA, and he was like I was watching him talk. He was talking for like three hours. Wow. And he was talking you about... You watched print. for three hours? I, wa- I I came in around hour one, and I sat in for the two hours. I paid, you know, paid, you know fading in and out of attention. Uh, but I was watching, and it was so... It was very hard for me to give this guy any, you know, sense of, you know, credence or, like, to really believe what he was saying. It's not like I... It was watching him, like, you see his eyes are super wide when he's talking and it's because it's because it's because his eyes have been opened <laughs> and yeah he'll say that but that's but i i've learned you know i took a philosophy class and we learned about you know theories of truth and there's like there the theory of truth that most of us go by is what is called like a co- correspondence theory of truth where you know truth corresponds with the facts hmm. that we can that we can prove yeah um and well, that's the that's mo- also the skeptics route. Well, yeah, that's that's the theory that most of us go by day to day. Yeah, that's true. The then there's the coherence theory of truth, where the truth coheres to a set of beliefs that we believe to be true, um, and that's the theory that most crazy people go by uh, when they decide that facts are not enough, <laughs> and it's like. It's it, the problem is is that the the crazy people go, but what if, man? What what if? I know. <laughs> and then they stop saying what if, and no, it just is. <laughs> and then it's like it's it becomes so hard when the people who are claiming all this Illuminati stuff is real or whatever conspiracy theory they're trying to put together, they're saying it's the truth, and they're using the same belief system and same truth you know theory as the guy who's homeless who believes that he's being chased by monsters. Yeah. He is. And They're just him, in to, his mind. Yeah, to him he is. <laughs> um, and it, it's, that's, that's what makes it so hard. And it, it makes me, you know, I, I, I would love to believe in, you know, in, you know things like magic and... and Aliens? Know, I, I want to. I mean, it would be not, it'd be cool, but it's just, it's so hard to get the evidence. It's so hard. Unless you, 
actually been probed, how can you, yeah. like, you can't convey that feeling. The way, the way I see it with aliens is, uh, I don't know that they've touched down or abducted or whatever, Yeah. but I, um, I think it would have been possible at some point. I sure. think that the universe is so huge that, like, there's gotta be a possibility. Out there, somewhere, yeah, of course, there's... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, if the universe is expanding <clears throat> so so vast that we can't even comprehend, surely there must be another uh, celestial body that can har- that can harness life, you know, under a different yeah. star and a, and a different system. We keep finding other planets that are yeah. like, there's a Goldilocks planet. There's another mm-hmm. one. There's like we could easily live on that one, that one, that one. Yeah, You're I, it's a Goldilocks planet. That's a really interesting term that I haven't heard before. Yeah, yeah. There's there's, so I want to believe that that's a possibility. My, whether or not they've come here. Like, do we, did aliens help build the pyramids? Um, I, I'm leaning towards no. <laughs> Only because I want to believe... The thing I want to believe in, I want to believe in the power of human ingenuity. I want to believe in yeah. humans' ability to create things that are ba- bigger than themselves. Um, and I want to believe that humans are pretty smart. Because there's a lot of reasons for me to believe that humans are really fucking dumb. And yeah. I want to believe... <laughs> we are dumb. Yeah, in a lot of ways. <laughs> There's a lot of problems that we have. But I want to believe that we have this ability to do, you know, great things. Yeah. Um, like build pyramids. Like, you know, cure diseases. Like, you know, figure out if, you know, we're not alone. You know, you know explore well, the, the beyond. The pyramids thing, because um, the whole, that's like the ancient aliens thing, right? Yeah. Where, um, isn't it like they gave humans a, a map or a, a, like a, some kind of a, like a like a, a root like a plan or like a like a architecture yeah something and then um, they like build it and then it'll be a map for the stars or something I don't know possibly but I mean, <laughs> who's to say that the the people who they can be seen from space on? no yeah I don't know if they can I know that the Great Wall can Great Wall can they might I mean I like they might be too much like points on a map you might be able to see them as like points on a map yeah you know, I I think it might be that's all they need man yeah they need, they need coordinates. <laughs> Right now, those are just coordinates for where the unrest is happening. I love, I dude, I love like all that conspiracy stuff because, um, even even just delving into it a little to be like, uh, hey, I mean, maybe, and then if it turns out to be real, you're like, hey, man, <laughs> okay, hey, I kept an open mind, man. I was on the right side of history, dude. You don't even know. Your dad, man, he was on the wrong side. He didn't believe. He didn't know, and now where is he? He's dead, man. Yeah. They, t- <laughs> they took out his ribcage and made a crown out of him, man. <laughs> hey, I'm not saying he didn't deserve it, but he kind of deserved it. You got the skeptic's punishment, man. <laughs> skeptic, skeptic, skeptic. <sighs> have, you seen this? have you seen the show Falling Skies? No, I haven't. <sighs> It's really good. Yeah. Um, I just saw Guardians of the Galaxy, so I am oh. a little bit on the tip of you know the science fiction and yeah. It's beyond. It's oh, that's, the movie was awesome. We'll talk about that. But okay. Falling Skies, okay. Aliens invade Earth, like, like that they same do. old story. Like they do, yeah. Um, but it takes place like maybe couple years after the invasion after like it's pretty much post-apocalyptic and uh-huh. now they're we're following this group of like um survivors uh-huh. trying to survive okay. season one two and three are ten episodes each okay 
And at the end of each season, you're like, damn it, why is it only ten episodes give right. me more? Yeah, they keep you wanting. Yeah, and then uh, this last season was um, 12 episodes, mm. and the season finale was a double episode. I see. Woo, so good. Oh my gosh. I just finished the season finale last night. But so this is season like, four you're talking about? Or yeah, and okay. there's going to be a season five, too. Oh, wow. So it's, very, it's, it's a popular show. It's, 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 I mean, it, those shows are fun. I um, Can I just talk about the ancient alien things real quick? Mm-hmm. Like, every time I watch that show, I get pissed off. <laughs> because they only... Because that one guy with the poofed out hair? <laughs> no, not even that guy. I mean, like, whatever. You know, the, I've never the, actually seen the show. Phil Spector looking motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but the... The fact of the matter is, like, every time... The whole script of that show is just rhetorical questions. It's like, could it be <laughs> that there was a possibility and that... conjecture. Yeah. <laughs> there's no declarative statements on that show. It's all conditional. It's all you know, rhetorical. It's, it's None of it's... There's no possibility of any declaration. Because they can't fucking make one. <laughs> and that's what bothers me about the show. Because, like... Like, I don't know what that writer's room is like. They're just sitting in there just, like, <laughs> just daydreaming, like, wouldn't it be nice if there was a possibility of even considering ancient aliens? They're like, Stargate, okay? Yeah, <laughs> yeah but that, that's that's even more declarative than anything that's been said on that show. Just saying Stargate, because that would hint the possibility that there could even be a Stargate. They'd be like, what if there was a doorway that would go in between dimensions? That, 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 that. It's, I think there was a... Wait, I think I saw a clip. One of the, like, big rocks or something that has, like, this certain part, like, carved out or whatever. Sure. I think they were talking about, like, a Stargate to another... Yeah. I don't know if another dimension, but another uh, planet or whatever. Yeah. They're like, this could have been. It could have been. <laughs> the show doesn't have the balls to say it is. Just get get a guy, no matter how crazy he is to most people. Like, just say, yeah, it Who's is. Who's completely convinced? Yeah, I've been through the portal. <laughs> <laughs> They're not humanoid, <laughs> but they taught me their language. I'm gonna do it right now, and he just goes, <laughs> and he just starts rattling off, and the, and then you cut to the interviewer, and he's just. White faced yeah. and starting just. Uh, okay, well, that concludes the interview. <laughs> Thank you very much, Mr. Blork, for coming in. All the doomsday preppers are like freaked out. Yeah. Like, it's coming! Yeah, the bunkers are ready <laughs> and weaponized. <laughs> yeah, it's. That's the problem. The show, Ancient Aliens, has no balls as a show. Mm. And I just. I, I wish they did so that they could either just, you know discard the non-believers and just take it and get their cult following like the true cult following where it's like we're all we all got our nikes on we're ready to, to drink the kool-aid did you watch x-files back yeah uh, not you, really you kind of missed the i kind of missed the, the window yeah. yeah uh it started when i was 10 uh-huh. so um like i i remember like vague vague stuff about the show like i remember oh i remember when that happened or like oh i remember kind of that and so i'm going back and like re-watching all sure. of it i'm just about to finish season three okay dude it's so good like it yeah. holds up yeah I'm, um, yeah I'm, I'm, i heard a lot of great things i mean just it must have i mean that's else. where vince gilligan um he didn't uh, 
did he like get his start there? I think he started somewhere else, but he okay. he jumped on at during like season three, I think. Okay. And as like a writer or like a producer on the show? Co-producer. Okay. He went co-producer and then um, producer, co-executive producer, executive producer or something. Like he jumped up a bunch. And, sure. Yeah. I mean, that guy's got a vision, so. I mean, Breaking Bad, come on. Yeah. It's, it's so incredible when someone has a vision and it just, and like seen all the way through. Yeah. It's all thought out. Mm-hmm. Um, like with Breaking Bad, I mean, the, the guy claimed to have had it all figured out. Yeah. That's, that's insane. It's crazy good. Like, it's yeah. so good. Oh, man. Just having a, having a vision for any show is remarkable. I just watched, like, uh, BoJack Horseman. And I was like, just to I think, haven't watched it all the way through, but I watched the first two episodes. It's, it's great. really good. Yeah. yeah, it's, I mean, like, because I've been, like, I've been trying to... It got I'll, renewed for a second season after, like, a day. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, no, it's one of those things where it's like, they, they, make, they make the big announcement after the premiere. And it's great that they, you know, that kind of having that kind of vision for a world, just a whole world, a yeah. whole universe, yeah. whether it's Star Wars or BoJack or you know X Files, all that stuff is or Breaking Bad. It's just so remarkable, um, you know, just trying to hammer out a vision. I've been, you know, because I'll, I'm sure you write stuff and all. Yeah. I write stuff, you know, try to hammer out a vision for a show and put it all together, and it's so unbelievably difficult. So just whenever I see someone have a whole world put together. What, uh, well, you don't have to talk about specifics or whatever of, like, what you've written, but, like, uh, what kind of stuff have you written? I mean, it's, like, I, I have a writing partner, and we, we'll put, like, we've been working on, like, an, anim- you know, half-hour animated right. kind of, um, script, and, you know, we want to, but, you know, just trying to create an animated world, and, you know, that's, you know, with animation, you can go as insane as you want, but we want to be, you know, you know, have it be semi grounded. Yeah, you want it to be have the feel of like like uh, yeah, like, like Bob's Burgers feel or yeah. like a, um, yeah, and, and, but you know King the, of the Hill feel. Yeah, the, but the writing is where you really get the you know the juice from it. Yeah, and so it's just a matter of you know continually putting together you know the, the writing and making it as best you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I I like the ridiculous you know animation shows like the Boondocks is one of my favorite shows, mm-hmm. and in a way that is but grounded. it's still grounded. Yeah, yeah. They find a way to bring it back down to earth, so you can really you know, enjoy and get get some sort of message from it. Yeah, you know, Bojack's insane too, but it's like it's everyone, re- it feels real. Yeah, yeah, because it's so ingrained in that Hollywood feel. <laughs> the Hollywood yeah. stuff is almost more ridiculous than the fact that the guy who's the lead is a horse. <laughs> yeah, horse uh, with a human body. Horse with human hands wears a sweater <laughs> and a blazer. I love how all of the animals have human hands. Yeah. Oh, it's so funny. Yeah, you just you get that figured out and at the beginning and he's that's you know, that's more you know, I the Hollywood stuff is always, you know, crazier, which is a funny thing. You know, the real humor in the show. Yeah. So yeah, it's it just, but anything you So write. animated, do you do you draw or does he draw or Um I did some mock ups for, for characters, so I, I can draw. I can't animate. So we'd have to find an animator, but you know, once we're we're just writing episodes and putting the, we'd want to we'd kind of want to do the thing where it was like, no, we've got all the episodes put together, and so we're just you know hammering away at that, and so that'd be something we you know pitch eventually once we. How many do you have done, or do you have? We're just working on done, second, done. We're just working on the second one. Oh, so you got so, the pilot? Yeah, the pilot's pretty pretty much together. Um, you know, it's a little long for, um, uh, what a pilot it, should be. Is but, it an hour? No, it'd be. 
I mean, it's animated, so like I don't know how if the page if the page to minute thing translates, translates yeah. the same way, because you know with with animation you always have, there's always supposed to be extra sort of description of what's yeah. actually happening, yeah. and then you have to put together the whole thing. But I mean, I, it, ideally it would be a half hour, but yeah. we we think it could be something for like you know eventually for like Cartoon Network or Nickelodeon. Yeah, Adult Swim would be like. Although it's would be nice, but I mean, like, I, I, it might be, it might not be as ridiculous as it also might. It's, it's no Squidbillies. Yeah. <laughs> it's no Metalocalypse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, and those things have their place too. Yeah. Um, I, I enjoy shows like that. I mean, in, you know, in small doses, but. Rick and Morty? Oh my god. I haven't watched Rick and Morty, but I've heard oh, it's, it's phenomenal. It's so good, dude. It's so good. And there's a message. There's a through storyline. Yeah. There's like, oh, it's so oh my gosh it's so yeah. good if you like community at all okay. if you like the brain of Dan Harmon at all uh-huh. you will love Rick and Morty okay yeah. that that uh, character thing sticking out okay the, um, oh, yeah, yeah, with yeah. the hat yeah that's a a dude from Rick and Morty oh okay this first season has 11 episodes I think and oh my gosh it's so good yeah, it looked, it looked like a cool show. I just um, didn't get on you know, the bandwagon when it was time. Yeah. But I, I, I remember watching, you know, I watched cartoons so much when I was little that, I mean, and since I grew up in the early 90s, like, the most of the shows that were cartoons were fucking crazy. Like, Ren and Stimpy and All Real Monsters and yeah. uh, Rocco's Modern Life. <laughs> yeah. There were all the, the, the shows were just... And it was mostly stuff that would go over kids' heads, but you watch it later as an adult. You're like, whoa. Like, what? <laughs> Why was any of this allowed? <laughs> who, who well, Ren and Stimpy started on MTV. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. But it, was on, but it was on Nickelodeon. Yep. And watching that show, and I mean, it got really weird when they moved it over to Spike and tried to reboot it. And, oh, I know. Uh, they, they tried to. It was, it was hypersexual. And like Stimpy's blue nose would like grow into like a throbbing dick, <laughs> like, a throbbing erect penis, and it was so creepy. They were probably like, "Let's fucking reboot this." And they're like, as no, much they're as like we can. "Yeah, it's like we need to kick it up a notch <laughs> in the in the homoerotic world." <laughs> there was a lot of really strange stuff, and it's like it just it felt it felt different. Yeah. I couldn't watch more than an episode of the Spike version, but there's three seasons of that Ren and Stimpy, and you know the the lesson the lessons they teach you are just insane. Because the first episode of Ren and Stimpy, it, it, the pilot episode, is Stimpy goes to Hollywood, and it's like Stimpy grappling with selling out, <laughs> and Ren resenting him for moving to Hollywood and leaving him. Wait, that's not the one where he makes the crappy movie, is it? I don't think so. It's it's like it's like Stimpy wins like a contest through the Muddy Mud Skipper show. <laughs> okay. Muddy Mud Skipper was like their Ed Sullivan or whatever, yeah. and or and so he, he, Stimpy wins and goes to Hollywood and and he's just like going with emotions because he's just sort of dumb and hmm. and you know naive and and Ren is just you know just so cynical. <laughs> Stimpy left me. Come back, Stimpy. <laughs> All right, Ren. <laughs> yeah, it, and the, but there were you know there are other episodes that are just you know they they what I loved about that show was it, it was so ambiguous and there was so much you know left to your own imagination as to why that was happening like you know powdered toast man why does that guy exist or why I mean when 
like when Stimpy loses a tooth, why does he believe it's okay to pluck out the nerve endings? <laughs> That's an episode that stuck out firmly in my mind. Cause, yeah, it's it's it. Thinking about it now, it's the worst thing ever. <laughs> Frequent sound heard on Ren Stimpy. <laughs> yeah. But the, but the, uh, but yeah, it, that was like a less like Stimpy loses a tooth, and it makes the noise right. Doing, doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it was, and you're just watch and you're watching as a kid. And it's like, oh, okay, because I hadn't lost any teeth yet. <laughs> yeah. I, I wasn't gonna lose teeth for like three years. But then when I lost a tooth for the first time, I just tried to like touch the nerve ending. Like, oh yeah, Rand Stimpy, you know, it's that that's real life. I just tried to like touch it and was like, oh. <laughs> and it's like the first real lesson of like, oh, don't do cartoons it. are not reality. Yeah, do not whiz on the electric fence. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It was a. It was. It was. It was just as shocking. It was ten thousand volts of synapses firing. Of like that's pain. <laughs> a couple episodes specifically that I remember are um, the the one where um, they were selling Ren's or no um, Stimpy's cat hair. Yeah. And then he keeps like licking it off, licking it off, and by the end he's just completely he's bald. <laughs> Ren, I don't have any left. <laughs> <laughs> but but Ren just gets power hungry and he's always on that get rich quick scheme. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so dark though. It's so dark. Oh, and then the other one was where um, Stimpy made a movie and it was like really bad, or a uh, cartoon. I don't know if it was considered a movie or a cartoon, but anyway, it was right. really bad and there was like this villain that was like chasing this girl. And he's like taking these gigantic steps through the street. He's like, mm, blah, 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 I'm coming to get you. Yeah. Mm, blah, blah. <laughs> and then the girl is like, Poopy, will you pick my nose for me? <laughs> what? <laughs> Why, sure. <laughs> like, any, everything goes on that show. Yeah. So it really freaked me out. Because I, I, I just rewatched it like a year ago. Okay. And I was just like, oh my god. <laughs> And it, it, it really solidifies why a lot of people in our, you know, generation are the way we are, <laughs> especially comedically. Our yeah. sense of humor is so fucked. Yeah, uh, it's great. And, and <laughs> like, nothing phases us, and only, you gotta go real deep into some dark, dark thoughts and, you know, to really, you know, make a connection <laughs> with people our age, or yeah. in our age range. Yeah. It's, uh... There were, yeah, there's there's a lot there's a lot of shows like that. A lot of those classy Supo shows, like you know, Rugrats was even oh, Rugrats yeah. was a little weird and mm-hmm. just like unattended children. Just <laughs> yeah, all over the place. With creepy bone structure. Yeah, they're gigantic heads. Gigantic heads. Mm-hmm. And everything was just like a lot of the and a lot of the cartooning was just so rudimentary and so gritty. Yeah. Like it's like if Frank Miller did cartoons. <laughs> it's like what happens if the Dark Knight, you know, the Dark Knight Falls or, or whatever was, um, or the Dark Knight Returns was like a cartoon. It's like that's. Didn't what they? It, I thought they made it into a cartoon. They might have. I can't. I can't remember. I'll I have to look. I haven't seen it. Um, so Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, I just saw it last night. So good. Yeah. Is that your first time seeing it? First time seeing it. Yeah, okay. I, I, I had meant to go see it. A while back, and then, you waited for the hype to die down a little bit. Yeah, you know, I didn't want to be with the uh, with the, <laughs> the, the people pe- who just follow anyone into the, into the dark. There were people who saw it like five times in the theater. Yeah, I'm sure. And I talked yeah. to some of them, and I was like, 
I don't have that much money ever <laughs> to do that. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I don't like any movie that much. <laughs> any movie. Um, I saw it with someone who had seen it before. It was um, like, you gotta go see it, I'll go see it with you. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, that's nice. But it was I, was, I was very impressed. I was impressed with how well it translated to film. I didn't read the comic books. I, I've read a lot of comics, especially Marvel and DC, and that one's one, one I just hadn't had never seen before i don't yeah. think it's that it was that popular as a comic before Mm-mm, it wasn't i'm sure it is now yeah oh yeah i'm sure uh the so guardians of the galaxy used to have like a different cast i guess like in the comics okay and um i have a comic that i've had since like 92 uh-huh. and um it was like a 20 year 20 or 30 year anniversary of something or 25 anyway it was really cool comic because i finally delved dove in because i i didn't really know how to read comics as a kid because i didn't have anyone to show me like how to read the cell you know how there's cells on the side and then there's like one in the middle like you're supposed to go around and then get to the one in the middle or whatever yeah i I understand um yeah so it confused me as a kid and so then i was like how do I? Oh, I don't know this, what this to plot do. does not follow. <laughs> yeah, my, this writing is so choppy. My, my little child brain was like, I don't get it. You were like the comic book Leonard Maltin. <laughs> <laughs> so, Two stars. <laughs> so I didn't, um, I didn't know how to read them. So I just didn't read them. Uh, I started getting into comics though a couple, a few years ago, mm-hmm. and. Um, and so then I had all these comics that I had had for a really long time, and I was like, time to dig in, like, time to finally read them. And I read the Guardians of the Galaxy one, and I was like, that is awesome. Like, uh, the Silver Surfer was mm. in it. Oh, really? But he was, he had a different name. He was oh. the Guardian. Um, he had these, like, cool, like, wrist bracer things, and, like, he didn't have a surfboard anymore. He's just hanging out. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure he could still like fly through space or whatever. Did he have like a skimboard or just <laughs> <laughs> the skit the silver boogie boarder, <laughs> the silver body surfer. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was the other guy. There was like a um, army military guy who was like short and stocky, and he had like the um, buzz cut yeah. up top. Um, Guile. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Guile, but like really yeah. short and stocky version. Accordion, yeah. Um, there was there was kind of like a group like thing that would like float and like sure. um, he kind of looked like Groot. And then there was a uh, the only one who made it from the last cast to this one was uh, the dude with the the Michael Rooker's character, the guy with the thing on his on uh, the back of his head. Oh yeah, um, yeah, the, um, Yandu. Yandu, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and um, yeah, his character was very cool. I kind of like that, that um, that play with you know the weapon and the whistling and all that. That was that was pretty really interesting. Yeah, I don't remember how much of that was in the comic, but yeah, it's but hard, it's so it's hard still, to translate a comic to still the same dude. Screen. And yeah, like I was waiting for um, that thing on the top of his head to like flare up, because in the comic like it's it's down most of the time, but when he gets into like attack mode, it like like it's a shoots out. It's like a fin. Pretty I much, um, and I was like, "Oh yeah, Yandu, yeah, okay." It's cool. But yeah, they did a great job with the movie. It was so good. Um, I thought it was crazy how the director's 
brother did all the body work for um, Rocket. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Because I saw it at the arc light, and they had, like, the um, the thing at the end. Oh, yeah. I, d- I didn't stay for the thing at the end. I stayed for, like, the little scene with um, Benicio Del Toro's character. Yeah. Fucking Howard the Duck. <laughs> Sorry if I'm spoiling this for you, but the movie's been out for four weeks. If, um, if you haven't seen it already, uh, you, I'm sure the video's on YouTube. And we started talking about it, you're probably like, I'm skipping forward to not here, and then yeah. you just hear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Not sorry. I don't, don't, yeah. don't no. care. Um, so the, yeah, the, it was, um, the, the movie I thought was, was cool, and it was, the characters were very clear, and uh, they worked together well. It didn't you know? Ronan character was well put together. I, I liked how they they depicted Thanos and yeah. I thought th- I thought all, that all worked together very well. I mean, I've the the YouTube videos, the YouTube video rabbit hole that I've been running down mm-hmm. is has been about comic books. I've been really getting more into Alan Moore, uh, having read V for Vendetta and Watchmen, and I'm looking into some of his other works. And so I was watching a bunch of interviews with him and. He's such an like he's a he's a really odd bird like he seems like he's a hermit but he's he's a very you know he's so, he's so intelligent and he so understands like what he likes to do but he's very hardcore about you know just comic books as a form of print media mm. and he doesn't like he doesn't own the rights to like the watch a lot of his work now because it was bought to make these movies so he doesn't oh. he doesn't he didn't have any part in like the making of the Watchmen movie mm. or the Vendetta movie. And he has he does hold a little bit of resentment towards the way they did yeah, it. Yeah, he's not happy with them. Like he didn't even watch them. Hmm. So he um, but he was talking about the nature of like translating comic books to the screen. The screen, and like the two opposite sides of the paradigm are like him and then like Frank Miller, who is just like he's super involved in his. Yeah, yeah. They find a way to make it work, and yeah. I mean the and both and both you know both sets of movies have their merit. Um, I will say that, you know, Watchmen may have missed the mark in a couple ways, and V for Vendetta turned out pretty great, even if it wasn't yeah. exactly Alan Moore's vision. And, I liked it. But yeah, it's, it's a one, I think you, people just need to realize when a movie, a movie is translated from any book or any graphic novel, it's not going to be the, the same. Yeah. Just like, just like book to, book to a movie, like, yeah, it's not going to be exactly the same. Yeah, story structure is different in different media. Mm-hmm. It's just plain and simple. You can add a lot more details in books, because books don't have a... People read books at their leisure. Yep. But movies, people have a specific attention span, and so and they they've commodified it, and it's like you know, two hours is pretty much max for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. When you go two hours and forty minutes, three hours, then people start to check out. It better be like, a really good movie. <laughs> it better be really good. <laughs> it better be an epic. <laughs> but you know, if it's not, then you know, cut that down. Hour and a half, eighty-eight yeah. minutes, out. What did you think of the last two Hobbit movies? I haven't seen the second Hobbit movie because I missed it when it was in the theaters, and I'm going to go see it on HBO Go at some point when I have free time. Uh, Is it on right now? Yeah, it just came on HBO Go, uh, and I've been kind of waiting for it to come on that. I did see the first Hobbit movie. Um, I thought, I read The Hobbit so long ago. Yeah, same here. Well, I actually never read it, Mm. because in school, we never... Like where whatever track I was on or whatever, like that was never that was never uh, a part of it, and so yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. I just I, I must have read it when I was like ten. I saw the cartoon movie. Sure. <laughs> I think I saw it and I was like, this is bullshit. <laughs> like, I'm, 
I'm, I'm, I'm 11, but this is, this is bullshit. I saw the cartoon movie, like, years later. Yeah. But the, uh, I thought, I mean, I thought, I mean, the Hobbit movie was in the vein of the other Lord of the Rings movies, so mm -hmm. it was a continuation. Yeah. I thought it was fun. It was long, but, you know, it's, you got, you go into these, mov these movies knowing they're long, though. You kind of are, you've braced yourself already. Yeah. For Guardians of the Galaxy, you're like, eh, they kind of have to make it two hours because people don't know what the hell well, any of that stuff yeah, is. Yeah. It's not Batman. It's not Spider-Man. People don't know about these mm -hmm. characters. So you got to, you know, you know, be a little more snappy about it. Yep. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how the, uh, the second Hobbit movie comes out. I've been seeing the posters for the third one. So I hope I'll see, see the second one and hopefully see the third one. Yes. I thought they could have done Hobbit in one and a half movies. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I, it's it's just people wanting to make money. Yeah, that's all it is. It's mm -hmm. like I just saw a preview for the third, you know, hun uh, Hunger Games movie. They're making two movies out of the third one. What? Out of the third book. Yeah, it's Mockingjay Part One. Uh, I haven't even seen the other one. What, what's the, the one that second came? one? Catching, Catching Fire. Fire. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen it either. I. I heard it was better than the first one. Yeah, I heard that too, and I'm I'm skeptical because most sequels are shite, but the they not shite. They're not terrible, but they're just like they they don't measure up. It's just, you know you I don't know. It's <laughs> it everyone's just trying to make money with these kinds of movies, and you know it's a best-selling book. Better be a good movie. Yeah. Um, Harry Potter same way. Seven books, eight movies. Why? <laughs> They didn't do that with Lord of the Rings. <laughs> they kept it three books, three movies. You know what? If Lord of the Rings were to come out today, it, they probably would have done yeah. two movies yeah. per, per book. And it probably would have, they probably would have been better movies, frankly. Yeah. Because <laughs> they would have been a pro, a time appropriate. Because, mm -hmm. yeah, it's three movies, but it's ten hours. Mm-hmm. Ten. Yeah. And if you get the extended versions, it's twelve hours, probably. Yeah, it's like, what's lo what didn't you include in the movie? <laughs> What was on the cutting room floor, Peter Jackson? <laughs> so much. So much. Uh, we have days of film. <laughs> it's like, why? Uh, I don't know, I'm so, I'm so of the belief that, like, you know, I'm sure you've shot sketches with other comics, and, like, I'm, I'm a big believer in just, like, economizing people's time, especially people who are working. Yeah. It's like, I know, you guys, I know you're busy, so we're going to keep you here for 45 minutes, we're going to knock this out, and we're going to be done. <laughs> and yeah, it's, it ends up being a two-minute sketch, but worth it. Yeah, you you economize the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, I don't I don't want people waiting around. I want to use people when I need them and get them out of there. If I, if I was a director, yeah. If I was a case or you know showrunner, because I mean, it, there's just so much. It doesn't need to be. Um, I don't know. I was work, I was doing like background work on a show, and and I was on for a whole season. And there'd be times when we every episode. Uh, um, I think almost every episode. There was one where they go, it, there's the, the Robert Rodriguez show Matador, yeah. where they, they go to, um, No spoilers. No, yeah, I, I, believe me, I didn't, as, as a featured extra, did not have a lot of looks at the script. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm just as, I'm bracing just much, uh, as you are. I'm, I'll see what the, 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 another episode is tonight, we'll see how it go, I'll see it tomorrow on my iPad, and we'll go from there. Uh, but yeah, it's there's an episode where they go, uh, the main character goes to South America. That's I'm not spoiling anything. Yeah. Um, happened four weeks ago. <laughs> if you're not catching <laughs> it, you'll probably see it on Netflix. Hopefully they'll release it there. Cool. Um, they uh, but 
I wasn't in that episode, but that's because it's just it's all focused there. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's it's first time working on a legit show, but there were times when it was like, I noticed we were all waiting for a long time, and I understand they had a schedule that they're trying to appeal to, and it's probably the most economized schedule they have. But it's like, I was wondering if there are ways to you know economize people's time, people's time even better. Mm. Um, but I mean, there's probably a lot of information I didn't know about the show that, um, or wasn't privy to. That would. Uh, Oh, they're probably doing the best they can. But it was, those people, you know, they were they were going through scenes. Like, there were some directors, like, one take, two take, done. There was a couple directors, like, I need one more, and they kept they said that 20 times. But, oh. <laughs> but for the most part, you know, we kept pretty much the time. Um, and there weren't a lot of extra weeks, and it was pretty cool. Cool. The things that I've been an extra on, like, there was some sometimes where you're just in holding the holding yeah. area for for extras and it feels like forever and you're yeah, like you're there for four hours do we yeah <laughs> like there's what's going on <laughs> which i mean i don't know like maybe there's just a lot of technical stuff maybe there's a lot of stuff where the actors just aren't hitting it or the director isn't getting what he yeah needs or and it's, not, needs it's not or... you it's obviously not you because you're just hanging out yeah yeah you just you just hang out Seems and you like, eat and you right. read a book or you <laughs> play scrabble on your phone and you just um that is the worst i don't know if you get addicted to games on your phone uh, do you words with friends uh i haven't done words with friends yet i but i but the problem is i will get i will like hype like fast forward through a, through a game like i will figure out what the game is i will figure out a way to become the best at that game <laughs> and then i will just like delete it because I'm, i've gone too deep i did uh Twenty forty eight. Have you played that game? Yes, and I'm done with it. I, I deleted it off my phone. I can't. I can't have it. Oh, you anymore. did you even get to twenty forty eight? Oh yeah, I I got to eighty one ninety two. What? <laughs> I was, I, I've, for months I've been trying to get the sixteen three eighty four tile. Oh my gosh. I got to the point where I was like eight one nine two and a four zero nine six and maybe like a ten twenty four. That was probably the highest I got. And then I'm and then I'm just like, I'm I'm dying socially. <laughs> I'm I'm becoming a husk. I was out of shape. I was like, what I have what I have man boobs on yet I'm hungry. I was like, oh what? I'm I was like, I need to I need to do better shit with my I need to work out. I need to I need to go start dating people again. I I need to I need to get out of this. When I when I okay, so I played that game for months trying to finally get up to because there were a couple there was I could get the thousand twenty four and then like another one that was what's right at, what's right before that five twelve, and then I would just get stuck, 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 stuck. Yeah. Months later, I finally got to twenty forty eight. I took a screenshot on my phone, I tweeted it out, and then I uninstalled the game. Yeah, and then you delete the game because you're like, you have to, you have to find some sense of completion, whatever that is for you. Yeah. But for me, like I'm so competitive, and I'm so pu- I'm, my brain works in puzzles. That's why like I studied linguistics in college because language is just a big puzzle. Yeah. I'm, I like math. I like puzzle games. That's why I, the game I have now on my on my phone is Scrabble, but like I can temper that because like you can comp- have completion through a game. Yeah. You play a game, it takes 15 <laughs> minutes because you're playing against the computer. Done. <laughs> I can put it away. It's against a computer every time? I play against a computer because the computer responds fast. Oh, okay. Um, I just want to play through quickly. Because, yeah, if you're playing, like, Words with Friends, there's sometimes where... It, even it's, even it's I'll, let, I'll let the game go for, like, a couple days, because I'm just like, not, not right now. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I want to get through it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, it's like... It's like... Even, 
like you could have a puzzle game that's like the weed of puzzle games. I want black tar heroin of puzzle <laughs> games, and I'll figure out a way to get through it, and I'll go into deep, and I'll. It's it's a huge problem. You keep chasing me. that dragon. I'm chasing the puzzle dragon, <laughs> uh, which is what you should call this episode. <laughs> chasing the puzzle dragon. Chasing the puzzle dragon. Um. So, but yeah. God damn it! I was so I, I had Bejeweled on my phone for a while, Ooh. which is the worst because there's no way to win. There's no way to finish. Bejeweled. What's the other one? Candy Crush. I, I guess. never did Candy Crush because I, I know I'll, I'll 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 kill myself. <laughs> I, I, I've I'll, never I'll, I've never played either of those. People kept inviting me and I'm like fucking no, quit it. No, like, I can't. Stop. I can't. Farmville, like all that. Didn't do Farmville. Didn't do Candy Crush. I will avoid ones that I've seen. I've seen. I've lost. Like you, you watch. You lose people to them. <laughs> Yeah. Like, nah, I can't do it. Simpsons tapped out is like Farmville, but with Simpsons. Yeah, I, I see ads for it. I'm like, I uh, I can't even begin. <laughs> so, yeah, and then I so yeah, I did Angry Birds for a long time in college. This is, what, I'm talking about like this is drug addiction, but like it it, yeah. feel, it feels like it. Yeah, Angry Birds did because you're like, I need to get the three stars. You get the three stars <laughs> on every level, and then I got to a point where I just completed all the levels that they had made. Yeah, three stars on everything, mm -hmm. and then I was just like. Well, this is the most I can get with completion with this until I unless I wait for more levels, and if I do, then I'm I'm down this rabbit hole forever. Yeah. So I just deleted. It. I wasn't getting work done at school. It was it was a huge problem. <laughs> just imagine some weird world where like you're tapping off. Yeah. Well, soon the phone <laughs> is gonna be inject, in your arm. Yeah, you inject your arm, well, the phone into your arm. And I'll try. And, I'll try and paint this picture for the listeners. I I believe that your like kind of like Google glasses. I feel like all that shit will be eventually implanted in you just for the sake of ease. It'll just be in your wrist. Yeah, you have your phone tablet. You you put you hit on a pressure point. You can fire out like a Minority Report style hologram. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I believe it. Th that's the conspiracy stuff. We're I not believe. we're not that far off. Like there's holograms now. Yeah, the I'm Kickstarter iPhone eight. <laughs> I'm gonna say iPhone eight. Really. That uh, soon? That soon. That's like three years from now. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm aiming high. Uh, again, I believe in human ingenuity. There are holograms, though, now. Like, yeah, we got holograms. There's a, there was a Kickstarter where it was like, um, I think it was like 750 bucks. You get this like thing that's in the middle of your room. Yeah. Whatever room you choose to, for it to be in. And then it's a full-size human hologram that you can interact with. Okay. Yeah, that's 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 incredible. <laughs> Does the human only say "Help me, be on your mind, help"? Or, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's or it's what's pretty, up, Coachella? <laughs> it's pretty rudimentary. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. I don't have a lot of expensive vocabulary. Uh, I missed the Simpsons panel at Comic Con, and um, there was a full size Homer hologram. That's crazy. Yeah, and it looked like Homer from the 3D Homer. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I remember that. that not the movie, the... Or the, um, the IMAX thing. No, the, um... It was this Treehouse of Horror. Oh, it was a Treehouse of Horror. I, I, why am I thinking that there was a 3D Simpsons thing? There was, a, there was a movie. There was a, a Simpsons movie. It wasn't in 3D. Like, it, no, looked, I it looked really polished and good. Yeah, no, I... I oh, fuck. Maybe I, they put it in... I mean, there was a Simpsons I'll, ride at, um... Yeah, no, I, 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 must be, I must be thinking of something else. There, I, for some reason, my brain is putting together a memory that says that I saw a 3D Simpsons thing. In an IMAX theater up in Northern California, mm. I'll have to look back on that. And yeah, that won't eat away at me forever. <laughs> but the um, yeah, Homer was like wearing a Comic Con lanyard. Oh and, wow, that's and, uh, that's so crazy. Talking about the lines and stuff. Yeah. Oh my god. 
Was it, was the Homer wasn't answering questions, was it? Yeah. It, God damn it, that's so crazy. <laughs> I think it's all pre-scripted. There was a wizard well. behind it. Yeah. No, no, no uh, people weren't. Oh, they had submitted. This what we've submitted some questions. Matt Groening was okay. talking Fielding. to him, so it was. I'm pretty sure it was all pre-recorded, but. Oh, wow. That is crazy. Though. Yeah, I missed that one. I saw the community one, the Rick and Morty one. Um, there was no Futurama one. Interesting. Because. This, this was the last year that Futurama was going to be at Comic-Con at all. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I got the uh, the golden talking bender. Ah, I see. Because I was like, I mean, yeah, you've got to pay homage. Like, Futurama's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's a, it's a very well-put-together show. Did you get the uh, Dumpster Baby Trophy winner at the <laughs> Comic-Con as well? No. Or did you make that? No, no, no. It looks homemade. Uh, <laughs> I, I won that at a contest that FX ran at SDSU. Okay. In is that where you went to college? 2008. No, I didn't okay. actually. <laughs> I was. What was, was the contest? I was living in North San Diego County. It was a. Um, it's always sunny in Philadelphia trivia contest. Oh, okay. So there were three people, and um, the the things with the buzzers and everything looked like tables at the bar. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and um, I destroyed the competition. Oh like, wow. So hard, cause uh, Ken Jennings, <laughs> dude, I was. I it was, I. Uh, there was a point where I could probably recite the, like the beginning of season one all the way through season two. Not a hundred percent, but like pretty wow. damn close. Um, you've got, you've got, a, you've got it down. You, <laughs> you, you have the. I got I mean, it made. Uh, I, well, I mean, like, you, I mean, looking around this room, like, you have the nature of obsession down. And I, I think that's, and I think that's, I recorded them yeah. off my, on, onto my VCR. I paused out the commercials. This was, <laughs> you, you, you got it down. You, but it's, it's admirable and, uh, intimidating at the same time. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not caught up on the show right now, but sure. like season one and two, like I, I would watch them over and over. And one reason was because people hadn't seen them yet, and I'm like, oh, you got to watch you them. I'll it. totally watch them. Okay, so again. that that would that would explain how you how you get the you know the if you see it enough time. I, I did the same thing with a lot of movies. Like yeah. in high school, it was, it was like, like Dumb Anch- and Dumber. Anchorman. Oh, Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, yeah, I can still do it. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, if you watch it enough times, yeah, you're gonna you're Ghostbusters, gonna get... Slackers. Like I can. I was thinking you had like a like a eidetic memory. Yeah, you like, you just I saw it. You saw, you saw it once, and it was like <laughs> no, it's like no. I remember my birth. <laughs> 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 I really should have. I really should have uh, researched you before I came here. <laughs> Photographic memory. Um. I'll remember all of this. Yeah, there's uh, there are people like that where it's they just, crazy. I don't know how that it, it seems like the worst burden to remember everything. Yeah, uh, my buddy remembers things really well if they're attached to like another emotion. Oh, so, he has that sense memory. Yeah, and it's crazy because. Um, me and my other friend, so we were all three roommates um, before I got married and then after I got divorced. Okay. And, um... So, yeah. <laughs> back in town. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome, dude. Like, the best thing that ever happened. Like Wrangler commercial. Oh. <laughs> oh, is it back in town? <laughs> These jeans are great. <laughs> but we, um... Josh would always be like, dude, you and Tyler have the worst memory. And I was like, we have the worst memory or if you have a really good memory you have the best one (laughs) and then he was like doing research one night on the internet and he was like hey guys 
Turns out I have a really good memory. <laughs> he, he took some online tests that proved it. Well, it was like, there was like a, a bunch of articles online and just like different types of how how does this person not remember this and whatever. And mm-hmm. like, because yeah, it was like related to something emotional. He's like, I remember like what you guys were wearing, like when we had that argument and stuff. I'm like, what the hell? Interesting. It's crazy. Yeah, occasionally I can remember stuff like that, but I mean like, how else are we able to... Remember other stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah, how else can you remember other stuff? Like, how else, how am I supposed to mythologize my existence if I remember everything? <laughs> like, isn't that the, isn't that part of the point of human existence where we, like, we get to... Telling stories. Yeah, telling stories. <laughs> and part of the thing is you kind of fudge some details because you don't remember them. <laughs> but people are here and they're listening and you better come up with something quick. Mm-hmm. Or else they're going to go away <laughs> and stop paying attention to you. Dude, that's one reason podcasts. Yeah. Because it's like, these conversations, um, I think it was an episode of You Made It Weird where they were talking about um, podcasts and how it's like a, a new cool thing where you just sit around and talk and then you record it because otherwise it would be weird if I was like, hey man, you want to come over and like talk for three hours? Yeah. <laughs> it's like... What's this for? What are you trying to get out of me? Is Just it? hanging out. Uh, I'm trying to help you get Twitter followers. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll come over. Okay. If it's for Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> if it's for Insta, alright. Oh, man. I can't even say the full, full gotta, name of it. Gotta get the Insta. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's, uh, it's, it's true. I mean, this is the closest thing we can get to, like, you know, capturing, you know, the truth, but I mean, what we're what we're talking about, you know, occasionally some, you know, you know, details are gonna get fudged a little. It's like, yeah, I can't remember everything. I have, you know, that's what's. I can't imagine what it'd be like if I remembered everything I had, all my feelings and everything I saw when I was a toddler. My parents yeah. will tell me stories of my toddlerhood, almost like it's another person because it feels like another person. Apparently, when I was a baby, I was like super energetic. Hmm. I was the kind of baby you put me down and I start running towards traffic. <laughs> your legs are running. Yeah. Your legs are running. They put you down. And as, soon as, as soon as I could walk, I could run. Uh, and I, my parents will tell me these stories like I'm Jason Bourne. It's like, do you know? <laughs> like, do you know? Do you what, know who you are? Do you know who you used to be? Like what you were capable of doing? <laughs> Not a, long ago. All of a sudden, you start doing ninja kicks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like they trigger something in me, and I just start climbing a tree real fast. I start hanging on a curtain rod over a sofa. Because apparently that's what I used to do. This is who you are. And I, I apparently I peaked energetically at four. Because, like, I'm, I'm, I'm way calmer now yeah. and pretty mild-mannered and, and boring a lot of times. But, like, but I will... But apparently I was this insane toddler and and I uh, they told me a story like I was and I, I, I tell the story all the time now as if, as if it was me, but it's all based off what someone else told me happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I when I was one and a half, I my dad and I went to the park, we were living in San Francisco, and I somehow convinced my dad to let me go on the big kid swing. You know, the swing not yeah, the swing yeah. the harness. Yeah. And my dad's like, No, you're gonna go on the harness. And but I'm like uh, somehow I convinced a 30 year old man to let me go on the big kid swing and so he he's like we're gonna go slow and, we keep, and he keeps pushing you know slower slower and, then, and I keep encouraging him to go higher higher faster faster like that was my black tar heroin was just by being a daredevil <laughs> and so 
I got to the point where I got to, I, I was swinging pretty fast and holding on, and then I just let go. <laughs> I don't know what my thought process was at the time. <laughs> to fly. Yeah, Probably. I guess I thought I could fly. Yeah. That was really, I mean, according to my parents, I, was like, I guess you thought you could fly. Apparently, I was watching, like, Superman cartoons at the time, mm -hmm. so maybe I thought I could do it. And then I flew like a brick, and I landed, and, and my dad told me I wasn't crying, but I was whimpering, and I tried to get up, and I was limping really bad. And my dad pulled up my panel, and he saw that my thigh was really messed up. And apparently, I had broken my femur. Oh, at 19 months old, shit. I broke my femur. If you looked at the x-ray, it looked my, like my femur had snapped like a twig. Oh my gosh. And what ended up happening was, and I, I'm telling you this, I don't remember any of it. <laughs> yeah, because you were so little. Exactly. But you think something like pain, like if, you, if I had like enough You'd think a traumatic yeah. experience or like regress, regression hypnosis or whatever. You'd sure, sure. You'd remember. Or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, it's before I could really make solid memory. Yeah. So, so I had, apparently I was in a body cast that went down from my left ankle and my right knee all the way up to my armpits. For four weeks. What? And, but since I was still in diapers, there was a slot so that my parents could change my diaper. <laughs> a diaper slot? Yeah. A onesie cast? Yeah. Because <laughs> what else is a one and a half year old going to do? Is just shit himself for four weeks? <laughs> yeah. We're getting a lot that's of build be, up here. That's going to be a fucked up one year old. Yeah, it's just like you have just, just <laughs> shit cement just in between. <laughs> like, sorry if it gets so graphic, but like that would be... That would be the alternative. Yeah. Um, oh. uh, so yeah, but I, since I was still energetic, I would so try. So like, how would do, would you waddle? Like how did you? I couldn't walk. <laughs> I mean, I was and there was a bar in between my my the thigh parts of the cast, so to keep my leg in place. Oh my god! But I would still try to drag myself since I couldn't really crawl what? or run. I would just like drag myself like a goddamn <laughs> zombie. Yes. And it was, it was. I bet it was creepy for your parents. Yeah, well, my, well, my parents got eventually, they were just, like, used to it. And, and so... Wait, did you... When did you... Okay, so you were talking at, at one and a, one and a half, like... Uh, um, yeah, I was. Okay. So, um... I think I didn't start talking till like, two and a half or something. Really? That's, and pretty, it was, that's pretty late. I know, it's because my brother... I had my brother around, and he knew what I needed and wanted. Oh, so he did all the talking for you. Yeah, so I'd go, go around with him, and I, I guess, like, uh... You just tug on his shirt and... <laughs> yeah, like, Doug wants food, or, like, Doug's hungry, or whatever. Wow, yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool. Uh, yeah, so I'm, <laughs> I, I convinced my dad, you know, obviously to let me on the swing, and <laughs> and I was in the hospital for five nights, and I, uh, so I was in the cast for four weeks, and my parents would eventually, like, the, the way the bar in between my legs was set up was that it would make my legs just wide enough where it was, like, kind of hard to fit me in the stroller, but my parents would just sort of, like, wedge me in. <laughs> um, Get him in there! We're not getting a new stroller! It's, it's like trying to put, like, a plunger... <laughs> yeah, just get in there. Yeah, it was... It's so strange. And there's there's no pictures of me from that time, except for one. Oh. It's, like, a like a, almost like a, a holiday card photo. Yeah. It's just a picture of me, but I'm wearing a sweater, so you can't see the cats. No. So I, there's no real photographic evidence unless you go to that hospital and they have, like, x-rays or whatever. I'm sure there's medical records of it. But you wish you had pictures of it. I kind of want to see it. Yeah. Because I almost don't believe my parents. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, like, I'm like... Who's to say they just mythologized my existence for me and just like I, I didn't know any better? Like, yeah, you were real energetic and 
You went on the swings one time? You were the worst! And you broke your femur. Yeah. Can just, you believe it? It was almost like a way, <laughs> you could argue it would be a way for my parents to keep me in line. It's like, do you know what you did to us? <laughs> your first years on this planet? Do you know what you put us through? Yeah. The reason why we're so thin in those photos is because you made us run after you all the time. <laughs> I mean, unless, I, I, I'd have to get like an x-ray of my leg because I'm sure there's like some marking from the bone healing because the bone yeah. would be noticeably stronger yeah. because it had to heal. It's like, um, it shows up in the x-ray like whiter, doesn't it? Uh, I'm not exactly sure what the, what the distinction the, is, but I'm the sure there's some... spot. There's, there's some... I'd have to I'd have to check that out when I can afford X-rays on on, on a whim. Yeah, who can yeah who can, who can just be like I think we're gonna go grab an X-ray today. <laughs> I just want to see what's inside me. <laughs> like I just watched the that's a new that's a new type of bridge by the way. It's like just want to see what's inside my body. <laughs> yeah, I've got a I got a live-in radiologist. <laughs> he hooks me up with an X-ray every once in a while. Yeah, it's cool. He uh, gets the living room bed. <laughs> yeah. I just watched the um, Futurama last night where they go to the Slurm factory. Okay. And um, in the beginning, it has the F ray where they're oh, like okay. looking through anything. And um, <laughs> I love the part where uh, Professor Farnsworth puts it in one of, one of Fry's hands and one of Bender's hands. Okay. And then he's like, just make sure this doesn't fall into the wrong hands. And then they just start laughing. And then they go out into the street and they're like, so what do you want to point it at first? <laughs> Fry's like, I don't know, point it at me. Bender points it right at his crotch. He's like, ow, my sperm. <laughs> He's like, do it again. Do, do, do. Nothing that time. <laughs> um, but yeah, if we had the F-ray, yeah, you we could just you look at your leg right now. Ow, my sperm. I have sperm in my leg. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, it is, it's, um, yeah, it was such a... Yeah, there's other stories that they would tell me. Like, they told me I kissed the radiator once when we lived in an apartment. What? Yeah. Burned uh, your lips? Yeah, apparently. Um, and I wondered for a long time if that was the reason why I had trouble with intimacy. With, the, with like, dating dating girls. Like, oh, am I just, like, afraid to kiss them because I'm worried I'm going to burn my lips? <laughs> is that... Is that is That's that, a bit. That's a... Yeah, I, I, I wonder that. Have um, you done that on stage? Uh, I haven't done the radiator thing. I, I told the story of me breaking my leg once, um, but it was like it was like a riff. Whereas, I I do I do a bit where I talk about being you know twenty four and how um, even though I'm trying to understand the world, like the biggest thing I've learned is that no one likes twenty four year olds, mm -hmm. and how people just hate your youth. And so I realize that just people just don't like people younger than them. And I say, like I hate two year olds. That's sort of my that like I, those are the people that I hate that are younger than me. Mm -hmm. And and then. There's a woman in the audience who said, yeah, me too. I hate two-year-olds. And, and it's like, uh, do you have a two-year-old? And she's like, yes. <laughs> and, I, and then it's, so I, I just started interviewing her, just like asking her, like, is your baby like energetic and like really crazy? Was, and she's like, banned in my existence. <laughs> and it was great how candid she was. <laughs> yeah. And it allowed me to tell this story, and it ended up being really fun. I got to find that recording on my phone. How long was that set? It was at the comedy store, and I, it was on... Monday night, I was just, I think I ended up doing like five minutes, because I usually do that 24-year-old bit in the beginning. Um, so I think I, I probably ended up doing like maybe six or seven minutes. Like, I, I kind of ran the light, but it was because I wanted to tell that story, and yeah. I, was, I was doing well, and yeah. it was engaging, so people didn't really so they seem to mad mind. Or anything. Yeah, exactly. No one was really bummed out. Yeah. Like, if I was running the light and just doing bits that people knew, 
then they would probably be like, come on, man. But yeah. but since I, it was it was, a, it, was like it was a unique moment that you know won't happen the same way again. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to figure out how to get that lightning in a bottle from that particular bit out, so I can you know make it a real story. Just keep it, keep the recording, yeah. get another patchwork recording, and get all of your. <laughs> yeah. Just put together a CD on that yeah. alone. <laughs> That'd be Just weird. disparate recordings. <laughs> Why do these audiences sound different? They're not different. It's all in your head. It's all the world. It's all <laughs> a conspiracy. Have you? Yeah. Stuart Thompson for the world to see. <laughs> in a world. Kind of live audience. In a world where every audience sounded different. Yeah. In a world where all audiences are technically the same. <laughs> yeah. This is my world tour. It's just performing in front of different, different crowds. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd, be a, that'd be a fun... It'd be an interesting take on an album. Uh, I don't know if it would work, but I think it would be yeah. an interesting take on it. Yeah. I could... I mean... I think give it's possible if you do give it, the right scenario. If you have the right recording equipment and you just keep doing yeah. it, it'd be like it'd be like Todd Todd Berry's most recent special, but just on a CD. Yeah. You just and if you do the same set every time, and like the jokes will be different. Some of the jokes will be different every time or whatever, and then you would pick which ones were your favorite out of certain. But in a way, that's how album recording works anyway. Like nope. You... Nope. You'd think so, but. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's just, like, it's just like whether or not we decide to tell you. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, true. Um, so what's your what's your favorite part about doing stand up? Um, stand up is always challenging, and I like stand up because I can I can do what I want when I want, how I want, who you want, who I want <laughs> after the show. <laughs> yeah, it's like I there's no there's no boss, and like it's. It's not like I'm, I know how to be, like, I know how to be a good employee, like, in terms of other jobs, but, like, I don't like it. Yeah. I like that I don't have to answer to anybody mm-hmm. in stand-up. Except I, yourself. Yeah. And you, the reason why I got into it was because everyone in my life that I admired is funny. In some way or shape or form. I saw stand-up for the first time when I was 12. It's kind of like that pivotal time, like, yeah. you felt the same way. I think, like, the way you were talking about the X-Files was kind of the same way. That's a pivotal time between, like, 10 and 13. Yeah. Where, like, you're really starting to figure out, okay, what do I care about? Um, First live band I saw, I was 12. Yeah. Yeah, I saw the Aquabats. Yeah. And it's, like, it's pivotal. It's Mm -hmm. like, oh, that's really cool. (laughs) When I saw George Carlin on HBO for the first time, I was like, we had just gotten cable, and I was like, wow, I don't get all these jokes, but this guy seems like he has the coolest job. (laughs) And then, so, stand-up was on my mind. I watched probably every HBO special uh, or special on Showtime from, like, the 90s on that I could find. Hmm. Um, every young comedian special with, like, Jon Stewart and Judd Apatow. When he was, when he, he's back. He's back doing stand-up, but when he was starting doing stand-up, it was yeah. before he was, like, really into writing for people. And yeah. Dude, his stand-up is good. Like, he, he's, done, he's done the Meltdown a couple times. I've seen him... Really good. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's found a... It's really cool that he's getting back into it. Cause yeah, and it's cool that he's writing a lot for it. It's, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's exciting. And then I saw Conan for the first time when I was 15. I started watching SNL, and I was like, oh, these people really are doing really interesting stuff. And, mm-hmm. and so I... I start... I It's just one of those things where I realized that I loved comedy, but I didn't know how to do it. No one in my family is in entertainment. I don't know if anyone in your family is in entertainment. 
No, I mean, my dad works for TV News, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, I didn't even have anyone like that. I mean, my, I have a cousin who's a year and a half older than me. He's a jazz musician, and he plays West African music, but we both are yeah. the, you know... We're Polar the only opposite. People. Like, but yeah, we're the only people in our family of, who are entertainment, and we're trailblazing. We're just, we're the ones figuring it out. Mm-hmm. So, the once I figured out that stand-up was an actual option, as something you could do... Mm-hmm. Found out a little bit after my first open mic, and then about a year later, when I realized I wasn't going to get into the major I wanted to, and I wanted to get into in college, and I was crumb. My world felt like it was crumbling beneath me. Did you get a degree? I did. Um, I it was just not what I think. I originally wanted to go to school for economics. What's your degree in economics? Ling- linguistics. Oh, that's right, that's right. So I wanted to say economics, and then I, I'm, I'm dancing around your the answer to your question, but like. Your original question, but yeah. the the fact of the matter is, like, I wanted economics, and I thought I would, I'd get be an economist and be able to tell people what to do with their money, and I was high off that power. <laughs> and then I realized I am not good. At, I'm not good enough at economics, you know, taking these tests and the math who, and all that. Who this. really is like? I mean, there's so many there's so many risky things. And there's so many like things that you could tell someone, but that couldn't it could not work out. Like, yeah, do, I mean, J- uh, Jim Cramer, Mad Money, like, that's not always right. No, it's not. But, I mean, I think it was, I romanticized the fluidity and... Jim Cramer? Is that his name? Yeah, I, um, I want to say you're right. Something, something. Mad, or... mon- mad Money. With, I want to say Jim Cramer. Okay. Who says Jim Cramer? <laughs> Our listeners don't, don't... are huge uh, Mad Money fans. Listeners, um... please do not give Doug bad reviews on iTunes. <laughs> Because of our inability to recognize this Jim Cramer. You know what? Give any review. Yeah, give, give any review. Yeah, give any review. I have four four reviews up right now and five let's, let's maybe. Bring up, let's, bring yeah. up to, let's bring it up to six, you guys. <laughs> four, I think it's five reviews and uh, six ratings. So, okay. you know. Hey, whoever that's, whoever that's six man or woman or whatever you identify gender-wise. Uh, <laughs> hey. You can put if you can put some stars up, you can write a review. So let's uh let's put your money where your mouth is. Yeah, there's no money involved here. No, there's no money. But yeah, so I, I really wanted to do economics, and I just it, it's that world sort of just crumbled for me, and so I had to reevaluate what I like doing, and I was getting A's in French, and I liked learning Spanish in college or in high school, and so I just like well maybe I should just study languages. So I just studied linguistics, and then I made a push. It was like well I love doing comedy. I can actually do this. I had yeah. listened to enough podcasts and I had watched enough shows where I was like, oh, well, there's kind of an intermediate level with this and it lasts a while. So mm-hmm. you just got to figure it out. So once I figured out I could do it and I was writing some material that I was like, okay, I'm not, I'm not doing terribly at this. I can maybe make this happen. Um, I just started hitting it full throttle, especially early 2010. And I, I've been happy ever since. Nice. So, yeah, I get the, I get the most, you know, you know, joy out of doing stand-up. It's the miracle of live performance. Anything can happen. It's a miracle of life. Live. Yeah. I'm doing it live. <laughs> <laughs> You're giving birth to a new performance every time. Yeah, and lately, I mean... I've you been... might say stand-up comedians are the, are, the, are, the, are the pregnant women crowning out... A beautiful live performance every yeah. time. Well, I mean, it could be an ugly live performance. I mean, the, some babies are real ugly. If that's the case, I've been in labor for the last couple of days. And, and <laughs> I'm really due for a, be- for a better show. Um, <laughs> but the mics and shows I've been hitting 
have been <laughs> real rough the last couple days. Uh, and I, I need to I need to pop this baby out. Uh, <laughs> I need to pop out this comedy baby. Dude, it's funny like when you get a like a total crash and burn response to a joke because you just have to know what to say after. <laughs> like you have to you yeah. have to rea- you have to react to it somehow or else everyone just goes. Like, yeah. everyone pulls back and they go, the feeling in the room is, did they know that we're not laughing? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I felt that, I felt that meltdown yesterday. I'll, <laughs> I, it was, it was, and I like that room a lot, and I, I like that the audience who goes there are supportive. Are, and they, the, they're supportive and yeah. they like comedy. Sometimes they're And just, there were a lot of people there, too, because you went up third, second, third, yeah. Yeah, and I thought, this is going to be great, I'm going to have... I'm going to have a fun set. I'm going to work on some stuff that I'm going to work on this weekend and mm-hmm. be nice. And I think they felt, they must have felt like I, I think, I feel like I sounded, sounded a little rehearsed and I was a little on autopilot. Mm. So mate, there is a little bit of that on me and, but the audience was really, they gave nothing to the first few performers. Uh, if it got better, great. It, I mean, I, I left a couple comments later, so yeah. I was, I was very frustrated and it's, I mean, it's, I'm willing to take the blame for it because that's what's great about saying if you win, you take all the spoils and you take all the hardship. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, it's not like I'm a bad team. Did you player. record that set? Oh, I record every set. Yeah, okay. So I'll, I'll listen to it later and then I'll be bummed out and I'll, I'll try and figure out what to do better. Thank you. Beats time. and like. Yeah. So I mean, and I'm not, I'm not bummed. I hold, I hold no will, Ill will towards that audience or to. You, ha- you hate them a little. I mean, you made an effigy. You made an audience-sized yeah. effigy. Yeah. <laughs> you I, made, burned I, I, made, it. I made a bunch of dolls in a box. <laughs> I made a makeshift stage. Put a Ken doll up on stage because that's how I think of myself. <laughs> it was a lot of work, and yeah. you did it all last night. I'm sorry, I'm so tired. I didn't get any sleep. <laughs> I don't want to get into why. But have you ever paper mache for like ten hours straight? Because I have. Guys, have you ever paid for a machine? <laughs> it's an earth straight. Because you hated an audience that you saw last night. So you made an effigy of them and then just yeah. burned it and just laughed and laughed. Oh, you're saying I'm unrelatable now? <laughs> Am I not drawing a connection with you? <laughs> Looks like I'm making more effigies. <laughs> That'd be so weird. Why does this guy keep coming to the American Girl store? <laughs> you can buy cheaper dolls to make an effigy. <laughs> like $140. Go to, go to Build-A-Bear, man. <laughs> Cabbage Patch. Balloons. Use balloons. This guy does not know. Balloons and newspaper. Newspaper's a dying medium. <laughs> Do you know how hard it is to come on an L.A. Weekly? <laughs> is that the L.A. newspaper? I mean, it's, it's what? A, Los Angeles Times. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't even... Yeah, because it's so... People, people still get the paper. That kind of boggles my mind. Yeah, it's like, why do we have any paper? Why do we make paper? (laughs) I mean, yeah, there's certain things... Okay, Uh, the only only reason I can give for, like, why we still have paper is because people want a hard copy. Because if you don't have that, then all you have is digital, and if that goes bad... Yeah, sure, but, I mean, paper can be burned, paper can be thrown away, paper can be torn up. I mean, it's like, what really qualifies as a hard copy anymore? Like, you... I feel like the cloud... Metal. Is... We should make everything out of... Yeah, let's, go, let's go back to engraving things in fucking bronze. 
I need you to sign this, but you need to etch it in. (laughs) Thank you, Douglas. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) My name is Douglas Ulysses Cope. (laughs) It will all be in steel. Yeah. Because steel is eternal. (laughs) Is your middle name Carnegie? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Invested interest. This episode is brought to you by U.S. Steel. (laughs) I I get a dime every time someone mentions steel or the Steelers. Or, or, like, stealing something from the store. Or Carnegie, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Anyone named Andrew on the show? <laughs> That's funny. Uh, the, yeah, there was... Yeah, what, I, for me, like, I feel like it's all, all that stuff is, is kind of bullshit. It's like, with the, you know, what really qualifies as a hard copy? Paper, I think, is just as flimsy as the cloud. I feel like, if anything, I think the cloud is less flimsy, unless you believe in, like, you know, I mean, if the singularity happens or something like that, and you know the computers decide, oh, we don't need any of this. Let's topple the government. And then, <laughs> but then, but I anyway, do, I do, as as a guy who teeters on like, like eh, yeah, it thing. could happen. Yeah. yeah, like I do think that at some point we're gonna make an AI that's so smart that it's gonna become sentient and like yeah. have feelings and stuff, which is so crazy. It is crazy, and but when if and when that happens, and they wipe out people like who gives a shit about a car <laughs> but who gives a shit if you have a hard copy of your w9 the robots will but like <laughs> none of that will matter because we'll be too busy trying to repopulate the earth yeah that's true like none of that will matter so like i don't know every time i, I hear about things like getting a hard copy or bringing in a, a printed copy of my re- acting resume and my <laughs> headshot it's like dude just let me email this to you yeah Give me your email and I will email it to you. I don't understand why you need this. You're just going to throw it away if you don't like me. And even if you do like me, you'll call me or email me and then you'll throw it away anyway. Because we'll already have a rapport. We'll already be friends or, or partners in this endeavor. It, it boggles my mind that we have to print anything on paper. Um, what, if we, what if we got a gigantic recycling plant that like constantly was seeking out like this is going back to the robots again okay the robots are going around constantly seeking out paper anything that's paper they get it all and they recycle it and then they only put that recycled paper out there and then and then when those papers are thrown away by whatever agent or other person (laughs) that was sent into they go and find that paper and bring it back and recycle it again so you're talking about some really high powered Roombas Coming, oh, going, yeah. through, going through town. And paper Roombas. Paper Roombas. Yeah, it, but they, uh, it's going to have... Did you watch DuckTales back in the day? I saw probably a couple episodes. I, mean, I don't remember it as well as I do other cartoons. There's this one like mad scientist kind of character, but he was like really shy, and he made this like suit of uh, to be like a superhero or whatever, okay. and... Uh, he was like, now all I have to do is like put it on, and he was like trying to put the pieces on him and stuff, yeah. and then um, his his expletive, his uh, motherfucker was <laughs> was blather and blatherskite, and anytime he said that, all the pieces like magically went onto him, and then uh, he had like one wheel to get around, and uh, he was like a superhero, but like he had a duckbill still, and um, that was. Man. That wasn't like Darkwing Duck or something. No, no, it was, right. it was pre-Darkwing Duck. But I don't remember what the, what he called it himself when he was like in robot form. Hmm. But 
The one wheel is the important takeaway. Yeah, yeah that's this. yeah, that's what they would look like. The paper Roombas would have the one wheel. And yeah, just, we, just, like, wheel we, need to, we need to mix Roombas with segways. Yeah, just, yeah. We'll, uh, <laughs> and we sol we solved our paper issue because yeah. I mean, like we're, we're already. I mean, well, we cut down so many trees for paper, and like I don't know why we need paper. And then and then, they wouldn't be powered by carbon because that's bad for global warming. They'd be powered by solar power. Yeah. Only work during the daytime. You gotta get, yeah, get it going, and yeah, it's. <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 I grew up with all this like conservation, all these conservation mantras in my mind, just ingrained in my head, just by virtue of growing Francisco. up in Northern, Northern California. Yeah. And I have to. I'm like I'm teaching my roommate how to recycle, because she's from the East Coast, and apparently they don't recycle on the East Coast. Mm -hmm. um, I don't. I don't get that. If any of you listeners are East Coast residents or from the east coast i don't know why the fuck you don't recycle <laughs> it's so easy get another bin another trash bag that's really the only investment you have to make <laughs> just put it in the bin basically anything that's not food or gross you just put it in in the it will go in the recycling they'll take it another way to recycle uh homeless people yeah and, and you could give your recyclables to a homeless yeah. person. Yeah, give it to a homeless person. They'll go through your bin anyway. You might as well just cut out the middleman or, mid or the middle bin. Like, people get worried. I'm worried homeless people are going to go through my, my stuff. It's like, they're going to go through it anyway. Who cares? They're not coming into your house. They know the cr what the punishment for a breaking and entering. Like... They're, they're, the voices in their head are telling them not to. They're saying, hey, well, we can at least get these bottles. <laughs> and take them, to, take them to the dump for five cents a piece. <laughs> and make our, our living that way. I think it's... Oh, yeah. five. I think it's five cents for, like, the... Glass bottles, or... Uh, I think it's ten cents for the... Um, Twenty ounces and above, maybe. Oh, really? Does it even say it on there? It does, it has to. Oh, it says California Redemption... Mine says five cents. California C CRV or CRV. Yeah. So I guess for these it's five, maybe ten for bigger ones. I gotta look at some receipts. Okay, receipts. <laughs> yeah, why get the paper? The paper Roomba takes care of those receipts too. Yeah, you don't. You don't need receipts. I, I I used to get receipts all the time because I thought I would be necessary for tax purposes. But you can just look at your bank statement. Yeah. Your bank statement goes back a year. You can mm -hmm. get all that tax stuff figured out. Just. Get a credit card or get a card that was just for the stuff that you need to write off for your taxes, and that's that's fine. That's necessary plastic. I can understand that. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't know why. Even I'm, then, you could do a um, NFC. Yeah. Now, when, now with the phones, how smart they are. Yeah. You just tap it. Well, yeah. not everywhere. It's, some places are like yeah. no, and it's, some places are like cash only. Yeah. Like, cash only? What are you from the twenties? Yeah. Is this a speakeasy? Yeah. Can I get a can I get a flapper in here? <laughs> Are we living in black and white times right now? What do you in mean? Black in and shades white? of gray. Yeah. Uh, because of black and yeah. white films. Yeah. <laughs> Is this a silent movie? <laughs> you, you Should I be speaking right now? Yeah, you can't. You can't say. <laughs> you, you just like shout into the ether, and then you just hear a big panel of words. <laughs> You shout into the ether, and then the panel of words appears in front of you. Yeah. And then you have to, like, go Come on, get out! <laughs> Another panel. It's like, come on! 
Uh, the more you talk, the more panels you have to put away. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so wasteful, these panels. <laughs> it's another these, form of recycling. Yeah, are these cardboard? <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> no, we done it again. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so I, I just, I've had that the conservation thing on my mind all the time. So for me, it's just like second nature. I'm, I Ideally, I think we should all be composting too. Then we'd have so minimal garbage. Um, like actual garbage. Like composting organic means... Organic waste. Organic waste, so any food. Uh, and anything that's made out of organic materials. So sometimes... What do you do? Like burn it or like... You, uh, there's a special bin. It's, it'd be like where if, if you have a gardener at your house and there's like the green bin... Mm-hmm. And you put all the like leaves and tree trimmings right, in there. Right. You put the organic waste in there too. Huh. So, all the stuff that's biodegradable. Anything that biodegrades. And there's a lot of res- there's a lot of um, food containers and drink containers that are biodegradable, yeah, especially yeah. like organic food places. And sun chips, markets. sun chips bags are. Yeah, that's new. Exactly. So, <laughs> all that stuff biodegrades. So, on college campuses, they do it a lot. I I, I went to UC Berkeley. And we, and they, pretty much everything on campus, utensils, cups, bowls. All biodegradable? All biodegradable. Made made from corn. So you could, like, bury it in the ground and it'd be fine. Yes. You could throw it on the ground and just leave it there and it'd be fine. Yeah, maybe don't litter. But, <laughs> <laughs> but under the right circumstances where, you, like, you, use, you have a compost pile, it's like, it requires just a minimal amount of effort. Way less than a pet requires. Ugh. Dogs, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so... Walk me, walk me, pet me, pet me, take yeah. me to go to the bathroom. You know what a compost pile doesn't need? A walk. <laughs> compost pile doesn't really need to be fed because you're constantly contributing to it. And you can keep it outside so you know the smell isn't in your house. But, I mean, a lot of the bins are, like, sealable. And it's, it's so remarkably easy. It's just that people don't have the information. Yeah. I know most of this is not funny, but like people people are scared of change. That's what it comes yeah, down to. Yeah, and that's and that's that may be the reason why. And they're probably like, we don't need that hippie shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's not hippie shit. It's self preservation <laughs> shit. You idiot. <laughs> Fucking numbskull. <laughs> My parents are that way. They will not do the composting thing. They recycle, and that's great. They can't do the composting thing because they think it's gross. And it's like. What is, like, uh, so you keep it with you, or keep it... Green bin. It's like, another... blue bin for recycling, black bin for uh, trash, green bin for organic waste. It's all picked up by, you know, the same, same you know, waste management people. Yeah, yeah. Um, usually on the same day. I, I don't know if it's the same truck, but, you know, pro- might be. Yeah. But it's just, it's super simple. The, the city, you know, most city, a lot of cities take care of it. And it's, they just make it into soil? Yeah, it's like you can if you till if you till it and if you can I think you can or, you can work your own compost piles. Like my own uncle are a little bit more environmentally friendly, and they have had a compost pile that they work in a little bit of soil, and it eventually it fertilizes the soil. Mm. So it's just another way of you know enriching the soil that giving we, back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Putting some nitrogen in the soil so maybe it'll grow some shit that we might be able to eat that tastes good. It doesn't necessarily have to be so genetically modified. Like I'm not I don't I'm not super like organic cuz I, I I really I can't afford it. Yeah, we need the hormones. <laughs> if we yeah. want to keep growing, yeah, we but, need the hormones. Yeah, but I probably wouldn't be 62 if I was <laughs> if I didn't eat some GMOs. Um, I'd probably be 510 or 56. Hey man, 510 uh, 510's an okay life. Yeah. I'm 510. Well, 
five nine and three quarters. I say five ten because I'm pretty much five yeah. ten. <laughs> you're the uh, you're the Harry Potter platform of heights. <laughs> I'm yeah. platform five. Oh yeah. <laughs> platform five nine and three quarters. <laughs> what is it? It's in, a stretch. Uh, but the yeah I'm. I, I, I try to eat organic when I can. I ideally I. I'll, I'll know I'm, I've achieved a certain level of success in comedy when I can afford to buy organic food, oh, and I can afford to live a month without, a, without a roommate and things like that. But until then, you know, I'm, you know try, I try to do it when I can. Try to, you know, eat better and not buy stuff that's super processed if I can help it. Um, Cinnamon Toast Crunch? That's not, that's not super processed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like... It's, it's so good. Oh, man. It, 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 is, it is so good. <laughs> but it's so good on a level that our bodies can't comprehend. Well, I mean, it's got 11 essential vitamins and minerals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if only we only needed 11. <laughs> the problem is we need, like, hundreds. I, I would love it. I would love, like, um, like, some dude who, like, eats super unhealthy, but he thinks... He finds the health in it. <laughs> like, yeah. Like he eats like a McDonald's for breakfast. Uh, let's say um, McGriddle or whatever. Let's say Denny's for lunch and Roscoe's for dinner. Yeah. And then it's every day. And then he's like, "Well, I mean, chicken has a lot of protein." <laughs> this chicken claims to have a lot of protein. I don't know. I'm getting a lot of protein from my eggs too, and uh, Denny's and. Uh, you know these egg beaters that they. <laughs> They claim our eggs. Powdered eggs. Yeah, there's protein in these. You put protein powder in my powdered eggs. Just shake up the powder. Yeah, it's, and that's not to say I won't go to Denny's or I won't once in a while or I won't go to Roscoe's. Yeah, dude, biscuits and gravy. Whew, yeah, forget about it. Yeah, it's great. It's yeah. But my body is also in fucking diabetic shock when I leave Roscoe's <laughs> after having chicken and waffles. Ooh, my, so good. I can't do Ooh. anything with my day. At, like I, I can't do anything. <laughs> I'll go to I'll go to breakfast. Like my day is shot. You know what? This is an anomaly, and I've, I don't know why it is, but. Like after certain foods like that, yeah. I feel great. Like, really? I, yeah. <laughs> what like, foods are you talking about? Chicken and waffles. Okay. I feel great. Um, after eating like a junior bacon cheeseburger from Wendy's, I feel great. Okay. Um. Is it maybe because those are, like, comfort foods for you? No, I don't know. I don't think so. Like, I think it... Because I, I feel great after eating, um, like, really healthy foods, too. Sure. But, I mean, not really healthy. Because if you go, like, really healthy, then yeah. you're like, I just ate some kale leaves. Like, I want to throw up and die. Like, yeah. Right I, I tried doing... <laughs> I haven't really ventured into the kale world. I've, I've, I've done the... I've tried kale salads. Just, like, uh, someone had... It's like, Ugh. you want to try a bite... The first it's, bite is always the worst, and then you kind of get used to it, but it's like... It's, it's so bitter. Yeah. It's the bitter... It's the most bitter... Uh, it's the most bitter... I think I might be... Um, have you heard of, like, super tasters and, like, under tasters and stuff? Yeah. I think I might be a super taster, because kale, like, fucking freaks my mouth out. It's like... Really? Get the shit out of here right well, it now. Could, it could also be because you're so used to chicken and waffles. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't know. Because it's so bitter, and, like... Yeah. People, some people are like, it's not that bad. Like if you, and I'm like, no, it's fucking terrible. <laughs> like, I yeah, can't. it's, it's, it's very tough. And so I, it's one of those things. I haven't, I haven't really delved into the kill world yet. But I, 
And I like I like having you know chicken waffles once in a while. I'll probably have it like I'll go there maybe once every other month or every three months. That's usually how it ends up happening because like I'll meet up with an old friends like we gotta go. Yeah, we it's gotta not, go. You're not just like walking around. and You're like I think I'm gonna go to Roscoe's. Today. I'm never going by myself. <laughs> I'm never going by myself because that would be. It's a shared experience. I'm going if I'm going by myself. I'm gonna have a gun in my mouth. <laughs> it's like it's like it's it's like the the waitress go oh honey. <laughs> Oh, now, honey. now that's not to say I've never gone to Buffalo Wild Wings by myself, because I definitely yeah, but, have. But you know, Buffalo Wild Wings is a big party. <laughs> Anytime you go, there's games on. You can you can distract yourself. Roscoe's, it's like you go because you have you have a friend with you. <laughs> yeah. But any, yeah, and I and I'll admit I feel like energized a little bit, but it's like it's not clean energy. It's definitely <laughs> it's crude oil that I'm running on when I go get chicken and waffles. I've just, you know, you gotta, and literally, I know, literally, yeah, it's crude is. fucking oil. <laughs> and I, I, I'll admit that everyone's diet is going to be a little bit different. You got to figure out what your body wants and what it needs mm-hmm. and how, and how to get, get that in you. Um, for me, and he's like, I've figured out a way to streamline a lot of my diet to get what I need to get done, done. Yeah. And, uh, it's, I'll go out and enjoy myself too. But, you know, I'm trying to cut out certain things out of my diet because I realize it does take an, have an effect on my body that I don't enjoy. And I almost, I enjoy it less than I enjoy taking in the food. If I enjoy the food more, then, you know, I'll, I'll still have it once in a while. Yeah. I love cheese, but I'm trying to cut a lot of cheese out of my diet. Ooh, cheese. Oof. Cheese, I eat cheese it, every day. It's really tough. <laughs> it's so tough. I, lo- I, lo- I love a good soft cheese. Ooh. Love a good soft cheese with crackers, oh. but I'm... But I also know that my body doesn't is starting to react a little less well lately to the amount the amount of bread and cheese intake. I also went on I was on um, I have a younger brother who just started college back mm-hmm. east, and so mm-hmm. we my family and I went to go drop him off. We spent our, like a week with him back east, hanging around uh, with also with uh, some family friends, and just to sort of see him off. And I could boil down my diet over those ten days Cheese. with my family to <laughs> bread cheese and beer <laughs> and that is the exact opposite of what i eat when i'm in town and sometimes bread and cheese beer yeah bread and cheese beer <laughs> oh you haven't had, you haven't had gouda lager <laughs> you haven't had mozzarella sticks ale yeah <laughs> that has to be a thing that it is <laughs> in cincinnati like where, like i'm surprised that you like you hadn't, had, you may have been too young in Cincinnati or in Cincinnati like Cincinnati style chili. Have you heard of that? No, what is that? Oof! It's this. It's oh my gosh. Any listeners from Cincinnati, thank you first of all for listening. But uh, just indulge me for a moment because it's oh my gosh. Cincinnati style chili. It's like it's just meat, so there's no beans. Okay. But they also they like boil it. Okay. And then they also put like. Um, cocoa powder and like cinnamon and like other chili powder and spices in so like sweet and spicy a little bit yeah okay. and oh my gosh it's so savory and good it and, sounds great and you put it like the way they do it is they either put it over um spaghetti noodles oh okay with cheese and so it's almost like, it's almost like a meat sauce kind of yeah. yeah so they put it over spaghetti noodles with cheese and onions or they put it on a hot dog with cheese okay. and onions yeah, yeah, sure. and uh Oh man, it's so good. Like I avoided it while we lived there because I was afraid. Because I was 
because we fear what we don't understand, you know? And <laughs> I was afraid I would love it. <laughs> no, I was I was just like, well, that's not chili. Chili has beans. Oh, and you were like a fierce okay. Yeah, I was dumb. It was dumb. It was a dumb rebellion of like high yeah. school age, and I was like, the no, chilliest rebellion. Yeah, like <laughs> one time I I went in to one of those places with a couple friends because we were all uh-huh. hungry, sure. and I got a. Um, a chili cheese dog, but I got it like Tex-Mex style, so it was like so with beans, beans and like it wasn't. What no was one it? orders that. Like no, no one ordered. I got like weird looks when I ordered it. Yeah, because it's a local favorite, and they're like, "Why are you changing this?" Yeah, and Cincinnati style chili is so good. Like after I tried it, I tried it once in like the um, span of living there, and it was right before I moved out here. Uh-huh. And then I was like, "Holy shit! Why have been? Why have I been avoiding this my life? My whole life? Oh my gosh!" Yeah, it's it's yeah. Don't get me wrong. I love I love good food and I love trying new things and I I love all types of cuisines. I I will explore local favorites when I am in a town. That's what's great. Well, another great thing about Stanford, I get to know this great country of ours. Mm-hmm. Um, I get to see. Have you toured? Um, I mean a little bit. I mean I, sometimes I'll travel. Sometimes I'll travel around and I'll just like I'll pick up shows while I'm in a new city. Yeah. Sometimes I've gone to a couple comedy festivals, um, and when I went I, in February, I went to one in New Orleans, mm. uh, and I had, I had a great time there. It was, but it was because the food, the food was so great. Yeah, uh, I ate a I ate a, pla- a place called Dat Dog, um, and if you are in New Orleans, you should go to Dat Dog. It's a shameless plug for them. <laughs> they they make hot dogs and sausages, and they the one I had was a duck sausage, duck sausage. Ooh. I've had I've had duck before, like mini duck tacos at Sammy's Wood Fired Pizza. Shameless plug. They're sure. Very good. Yeah, du- <laughs> duck meat's great. It was in a sausage. It was phenomenal. It had um, it had barbecue sauce. It had mustard. It had blackberry puree, and bacon bits. Ooh. And so the, the bun will fit perfectly into the little you know container they give you, and then the the hot dog sort of just like nestled in there, and then it's just like you eat it with a, fo- a knife and fork. Okay. That's how you do it, and it was. One of the best things I've ever tasted. <laughs> it was just, and then I, they they had these fries with like this andouille sauce, and it was, uh, it it was one of the best meals I've ever had. Hmm. Horrible for me, <laughs> sure, but like, I don't know. I, I I I debate whether or not like the psychological, the psychology of eating food. Like if you eat something that you love, no matter how bad or good it is for you, it how bad will it really affect your body? Because your body loves you for it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm wondering, I, I haven't really delved into that. I, I don't know how hard the science is. But my body loved me for that. Yeah. That day. I'm, I'm, re- I'm a big believer in like, like, uh, okay. <laughs> I did have the double down oh, when really? KFC first, <laughs> first yeah. brought it out. Because yeah. I was like, what is this alien creature? Yeah. I have to bite into it. What I have to know. Yeah. I got to I got taste. And it was really good. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, and that's because KFC uh, manufactured it. It's, it's supposed uh, to be really good. I had, it hit all the sensors in my brain. It was yeah. just like, this is really, I might, eat, I'd, pro- I'd probably eat this yeah. again. I haven't eaten it a second time, but I yeah. was just like, this was, this was a crime against nature, but it was good. <laughs> it was good. Yeah, and I'm, I'm a sucker for good barbecue. Um, I need oh, to go, yeah, there's really? places, yeah, there's, yeah, there's a place in South Central I need to go to called, um, or I guess South Central really, called uh, JR's that I need to check out. Oh, pulled pork, dude. You yeah. can't, you can't tear me away from pulled pork sandwich. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> The only thing being torn away is the pork from its, <laughs> yeah. from its own ligaments. Um, the, uh, but I, yeah, I love good ribs, and I'll, I'll have it every once in a while. I'm probably going to have it when I go up to the Bay, because there's a couple places that I really love that mm. are up there. 
Uh, one is in Oakland. If you do find yourselves in Oakland, listeners, go to Everett and Jones in Jack London Square. Uh, it's there's some of the best best sauce, best ribs you can get in that part of the world. Yeah. Um, there's also a place called T Rex in Berkeley that's very good. Um, it's my dad's name, Rex. Oh, your, your dad's name is Rex. Mm-hmm. That's great. <laughs> of course, is, was he? In, he was. He produced TV news, right? He wasn't an anchor. Producer. He actually started out as a reporter because he was like. That's a great reporter name. What, what? Rex Culp? Rex Culp, yeah. Oh, God. Why did he not continue as, like, an anchor? I don't know. Um, he, I think he subbed in as anchor a couple times. Sure. Because that is a perfect <laughs> anchor name. Rex Culp. He has a really good announcer voice, too. Like, yeah. Uh, we used to make fun of him for the answering machine in our house. Because every time it would click over, um, you'd hear... Hello, you've reached the Culps. We can't answer the phone right now, but if you leave a message, we'll get back to you as soon as we can. Thank you very much. He's doing an impression of the world. Hello, we are not available. Please leave a message. But it was his announcer voice, and he was like, what? Like, he didn't realize that he was doing it? Yeah, he was just putting it on. We're like, yeah, you you do that, you do a voice when you do our answering machine. He's like, what? No, I don't. Nah. (laughs) Nah. Let me try it again. Hello. We're not available right now. <laughs> You've reached the KTV <laughs> Culp News Team. Yeah, but he produces now, so he's behind the scenes. But he, uh, yeah, he likes it. And um, I think another reason that why we kept moving around a lot is because the bigger and bigger media markets, like, he would learn everything there was to learn at a certain station, and then he was, like, kind of bored. Yeah. <laughs> and so he'd be, like, looking around for jobs yeah. and stuff. Well, that would be what, that's... That's what I do with, with online phone games. I just like I learn everything I need to do. It's, I think there's an Einstein quote that I came across where it was just like, figure out the rules of the game but, and then become the best at it. And so I just like, and I'm, your dad seems to go by that with it, with his job and I, I'm, I try to go by that with, you know, with things with stand-up and you know, whatever I'm involved in, whether it's a stupid game or it's like, it's, I'm... You know, if you're going to do something, you might as well be the best at it, yeah. or as good as you possibly can be. Mm-hmm. There's no there's no reason not to. Yeah. You're going to get into a, a, a field and be shitty at it, <laughs> and be willingly shitty at it. And this is what you want to do for the rest of your life? Yeah. Why? <laughs> like, what What kind of life is that? <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's very troubling when I run into people who are willingly not moving forward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't place. I don't place a lot of um, stock in nostalgia. I'm just a big believer in moving forward. Yeah. I'll occasionally have a bout, and it usually happens at like 1:30 in the morning, when I'm sitting in my bed. And I'm flipping through Facebook pictures, uh, profile pictures of people I used to go to elementary school with. I'll get about of that. <laughs> um, but like, I don't. I don't keep any old yearbooks with me. Oh wait, the, you can't see them from right now. I pointed at I pointed at nothing, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I pointed at my uh, shelving unit. Look, a distraction. Has yeah, <laughs> has some yearbooks in okay. it. Um, and I, I mean, I don't I don't dive in, uh, but it's, it's fun. To, it's fun to like if someone sees it and then they're like, oh, like what was? Yeah, what? It, it's, yeah, it's yeah. fun. For, but it's for that brief. There's a brief nostalgia moment, but it really lasts like twenty minutes. And it happens every six to eight months, <laughs> where I'll I'll be like, pro- "What are this person's up to?" Yeah, I'll like... be profoundly sad and perplexed, <laughs> and just sort of in awe of, of the mirror, you know, of how life can take so many different turns. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we parted ways and we don't talk anymore.
Huh. But I mean, like, social networking is all just a big yearbook. It's yeah. per, it's a perpetual yearbook. Yeah, it's true. That's what it's good for. It's yeah. it's kind of cool to go back, uh, send a message to someone. You're like, yeah, we haven't yeah. talked in like years. Like, yeah. Hey man, just what's figure up? Out, say hello. <laughs> see what's going on with you. Uh, wish you all the best. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's it it, it but it, it it's it's a way for us to passively keep tabs on everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, you, know, you can be as active, but I mean, I can't spend all my time catching up with people. Nope. Because then I, I'd be spending every day trying to reach out to a new person. Yep. To see, hey, what well, what happened last time we caught up? You know, nine months ago when I <laughs> sent another message about what happened. <laughs> What's up now? I can't. You, I can't do it. Then I you wouldn't be living your life. Exactly, my life would be a husk. Mm-hmm. It would, it would, there would be no. I would have my whole life would be. De- Which brings it back to recycling. Yeah. Husk, corn, all the utensils that goes and made out. <laughs> Full stories. Yeah. Right there. <laughs> um, what? Uh, so you said SNL's the dream. Is that like your like? Top, tip top, like that would yeah. be the best. SNL would probably be because of the, the premiere gig. I mean, I've heard so many stories of people who've had great experiences and not so great experiences with SNL. But whatever it does, like for those people, like, it the, opens up doors too. It like, is the ultimate door opener. Yeah, it's like anyone who's been on that show is important in the world of entertainment. Mm-hmm. It is the ultimate like boot camp for comedy is the ultimate, you know, manufacturer of, of great, you know, of satire and comedy. Mm-hmm. It's it's all part of it. And, you know, most of my heroes have been a part of it in some way or another. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a huge fan of Conan, um, and he was a part of it for a long time, just like he was a big part of The Simpsons. And, yeah. Um, I, it's it's weird, because I, I, I mean, I, between stand-up and Conan and, like, you know, a late night talk show format and SNL, I ideally would like to do it all. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't see why... Why you couldn't. Yeah, I have I have enough time to make it all happen. Um, I don't know how... I don't know if it'll all happen, and I don't know how it's going to happen, but I think it can. Yeah. And so that's what I'm pushing for, and that's... Um, you know, for now I'm just going to keep, you know, trying, you know, touring as much as I can for stand-up and, you know, getting up in town and building my clout in town while, um, while I'm here. And then I wouldn't, mm, I wouldn't move to a place like New York if, unless I had a, a, a better job out there, like a writing job or a acting on a show. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll, I'll keep working on stuff out here until, um, it seems like the right thing for me to audition for. And I've been doing stand-up for five years now and change and so I, I figure five more years it'll probably be a reasonable time for me to you know three to five more years would be a reasonable time to start auditioning for SNL in a, in, in a serious sense how could you don't you have to like get doesn't someone have to representation and stuff like that I mean, right yeah well hopefully I'll, you know, by that time we'll have some representation and oh, okay. who can help me out with that because yeah, yeah, I was so like, I was like you can't just walk up and say, <laughs> yeah. "Hey, can I, can I, yeah, can I speak to Lauren, please?" Yeah, I can't walk on the team. Yeah, Hi, Lauren. how are you? <laughs> Hi, um, Lauren. Um, yeah, I want to audition for your show. Okay, which well, show? I'm, which show? Uh, <laughs> I'm not really the best person to talk to about this, <laughs> but I don't know what you think you're doing. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I mean, that's the long-term goal, and then there's all these short-term goals in between. Yeah. Uh, you know, getting representation, and all, that, all that stuff. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know how one goes about that. Like, well, I mean, you can like send in your headshot and resume, I guess. Yeah. To places. I mean, with that thing, with that whole thing, it's. I think you just gotta keep getting to know people who are involved in that side of the business, and you. you I've already met a decent number of those people just by virtue of doing shows, and you know, because those people come out to shows, the assistants to agents come out to shows, and you meet them while those people are assistants, and then when they become full-time agents, they really like you, they'll hopefully sign you as a client, from, yeah. from what I've heard. And, yeah. uh, it's very inside baseball for those people. <laughs> um, but like, you just you try, you just keep working on your stuff until you know the right people start taking notice. Yeah. Uh, you keep you know keep being nice to people and keep uh, working hard. That's, I mean, I, I learned, you know, I think Conan said it best, and I'm paraphrasing him, but it's like, if you work hard and you're good to people, people, you know, things are going to work out. So. It's um, really, really encouraging. Yeah. Advice, and it's also true. And I think it can be done. Yeah. It's like, it's, this is a tough business, but I'm a tough person. Yeah. And you're a fighter. Yeah. And you well, are I, a matador, if you will. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike most matadors, I'm, at the beginning, you seem like you're really in over your head, and it's really fucking scary, because <laughs> you might not make it. Mm-hmm. But if you can, you know, weather the storm, and, you know, manage to come out in one piece, you're, you're better for it. Yeah. Um, I don't know where the animal cruelty comes into it in stand-up, but, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, no, no analogy. When you butcher a set. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just, just stabbing the audience that's trying to come with me. Yeah, yeah. The audience wants to be on your side, but you just keep stabbing them in the face. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, but we're all, I mean, anyone who's decided to do stand-up is a tough person. Pretty much anyone who wants to go into entertainment has to be tough. Mm-hmm. You can't, you know... The th- and th- determined, too. Yeah, the thin-skinned people are, they'll they wash flake, away like the tide. Away, yeah, yeah. They're not going to, they're not going to be around much a while. They'll be around for a couple months and you'll see them and they'll, they'll look like they're working hard and then they, they fade away. They move back to whatever town they, they came from or they they get a job that seems comfortable and... And just settle in to life. Yeah. And it's not even just the thin-skinned people. It's the thick-skinned people who just, like, don't want to be in that anymore. Yeah. I know tons of funny people who are not doing stand-up anymore. Dude, the, the job that I used to work at that I left to come here, there's so many people there who are just settled in and they're going to work there until they die. Like, then that's What's it. What's the opposite? Uh, I worked at a clinical diagnostics place. We made made and sold stuff to, like, hospitals and doctor's offices. They would run through their blood and urinalysis machines to make sure the machines were running okay. properly. Okay. So, like, fake blood, fake poop, fake pee, whatever. Wow. Um, but... It's almost like working at a hobby shop, but like really way more important. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this fake turd I got. No, it's for the machine. Yeah. Oh, this is fake vomit. Weird, man. Yeah. yeah. That's so weird. So I made labels for all that. Okay. And so I, like, there were people with doctorate degrees, like, working around me, like, chemists and, like, biology doctorates. And, and um, I was like, yeah, you made all that stuff, but I gotta make the labels or else it doesn't leave. And it was, like, it was a cushy job, like, there's benefits, and, like, we got bonus, like, quarterly bonuses, there was an annual bonus, it was, like, pretty big, like, sizable, and, like, um, 
and I was like, I can't, well, like, I can't not be in L.A. anymore, like. So this was in San Diego? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's, it's tough to make that leap, but once you make the leap, you'll find ways to, you know, get through it. You find something you, you can do to make you enough money to get by. I mean, comics, the, the upstart costs are so little, so it's like, you know, yeah. just enough to... Do you have to, legs? Yeah. You, yeah. Well, you don't even have to have legs. Not really. <laughs> you just need a voice. Yeah. Yeah. You just need a voice and someone to prop the mic up in front of you. Mm-hmm. Um, but the... Yeah, it's... Once you take the leap, it, 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 you'll find ways to get things taken care of for yourself. Yeah. I could have stayed in San Francisco instead of moving down here right after college. Could have had a nice, cushy San Francisco life. Yeah, I mean, I could I could have lived with my parents, and I could have been doing comedy over there, and had you know, done like I had a tutoring business when I was up there, hmm. private tutoring, made a decent you know decent amount of money. If I was doing it full time, I would for like you know with more clients, I would probably make a decent amount of money. Yeah. That where I'd be able to like contribute to rent at my parents' house and stuff like that, but there's. But it's not what you wanted to but, do. But I didn't want to be living with my parents. Yeah. And, do, and doing comedy. I wanted to be, you know... On your own. Yeah, figuring it out. Learning the hard lessons. And it's... I didn't want to be in... I don't want to call San Francisco the minor leagues because I do have an enormous amount of respect for the, the comedy scene there. Yeah. Especially since I'm going to be there in a week. Um, <laughs> this won't be out for another, like, three weeks. Good. Well, I'll, t I'll, I'll change my touring schedule around that. <laughs> so, next time I'm up there, I'm like, We heard what you said, man! <laughs> no, but, like... But to be fair, San Francisco is, it's like, a, it, it, it's a little bit of arena football. Mm -hmm. I need to be in the NFL because I'm only going to get better by being around people who are better than me. Yep. I'm willing to be, I don't need to be the funniest person in the room. I, I need to, I need, but I need to have the, those people around me so I can have the drive to eventually be, become the, you know, of that top tier, that top echelon. Yeah. I've heard a lot of uh, advice on other podcasts where they're like, if you're thinking of moving to LA and you're just starting out in comedy, don't. They're like, be like, get good at stand up wherever you are and yeah. then move to LA. But like, depends on what your idea of what good is, because I've heard that advice from a ton of different people. because yeah. I'm sure we listen to some of podcasts. Yeah. My feeling is, figure out at least the. Uh, you should. I think most people, if they can, should start in another city. If you're from LA, you know what are you gonna do? Yeah. Um, I'm, not, I'm not expecting you to move to another city just so you can come back. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. And some people have started in, in, in comedy in L.A. and done fine. Yeah. It's not impossible. But I do believe if you are in another city, yeah, stay in that other city for a while. Figure some things out. Make some friends. You know, do, do some shows. Do some really shitty gigs. Do mm -hmm. some really shitty one-nighters in weird parts of town. Wherever the, you know, you're redneck people live <laughs> you know Poway and Ramona in, for San Diego oh man I just I just went there a couple days ago Ramona? yeah what What did you do in Ramona? Uh, I went to a barbecue out there um, <laughs> I just imagined that you was... were driving you ended up in Ramona and then someone was like hey we're having a barbecue <laughs> no it's like I go down to San Diego and and then the person I was with was like, hey, we're going to go 
to a barbecue and run. I oh went along and like, gosh. I guess I didn't know anything about it. And I was yeah. like, oh, this is the middle of nowhere. The middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah. Um, there's a there's it was a, a it was the most it was the most redneck barbecue I've ever been part. There's a music venue out there. Yeah, like, I saw that they that um, a band I recognized was going to be performing there. Yeah. I can't remember the band. You're like. Who's coming out to see them all the way out here? Yeah, how are they gonna? I mean, it's like outside though. It was like a, it's like a weird like fairgrounds area. Yeah. Who's working county fairs right now? <laughs> but yeah, it's, but you gotta you gotta do those shitty gigs and those shitty gigs in whatever city you're in to figure out like what how you do comedy just at least for a start. And mm-hmm. I was in San Francisco balancing school and all the other stuff I was doing in school with comedy. So I, I was doing it was a slower start for me but I was, there, I was up there for two and a half to three years you know just figuring out what it takes to do stand up yeah you know get, get your chance of like you host, gotta get hosting a show you also or, gotta get the thick skin yeah but cut your teeth in that city so you can figure out how to cut your teeth in the bigger city yeah if you start in New York or you start in LA it's like it's it's gonna bleak. be daunting it's, it's gonna be it's bleak mm-hmm. and I'm not saying it's like it's really that tough it, you'll you'll figure it out if you if it's here. what you, or you love want. and it's what you want to do, like yeah, realize you know, I had to realize I wanted to do stand up because I had a quarter life crisis at nineteen. <laughs> I realized I'm not gonna be able to do what I originally thought I was gonna do, so I'm gonna try this crazy career, yeah, and see what comes from it. It's exciting, yeah. It's always changing. It's never boring. Oh man, like I, how do you feel? Oh, that was another thing I wanted to bring up about the the day job. Like, um, when, when I worked there, like, I couldn't afford to put money into a 401k. Not only could I not afford it... At the diagnostics place? Yeah. Not only could I not afford it, because I was, like, eking by. Uh, not only could I not afford it, I didn't want to put money into a 401k, because I didn't want to think about, like, retiring. Because I never want to retire. Yeah. Like, I do want to get to a point where, like, I could comfortably, like, not work for a month or two months. Like go on a big-ass vacation to somewhere where I've never been, where it's like, whoa, this is incredible. Like, I've never been to Europe, never been to Australia. Like, big, big places, but then come back and, like, get right back into it. And even, like, on vacation, I could see myself, like, coming up with ideas and, like, writing stuff down and, like... Yeah. um, Maybe writing more scripts and just... Yeah, it's it's a combination... It's a weird balance of figuring out how to have a life... And then, yeah, and then and then be able to figure out how to talk about your life on stage. Yeah. Whether I mean, everyone talks about their life in different ways. I mean, uh, I've, I've seen you go up a few, uh, a few times, and you, you sometimes you have more jokes that are like anti jokes, and sometimes you have jokes that are very you know hard hitting and you know very relatable. And, yeah. Um, I I talk I get the most rocks off by talking about myself. That's really that's what I get excited about on stage, and it's it's very self indulging. But I but that's how I can do it for me. Yeah. I talk about me and I try and make me relatable to people. Yeah. So, um, I, it's a balance of having human experience. When I was gone for you know, 10, 11 days, just dropping my brother off at college, trying to have a, a life, trying to be there for my brother, yeah. I didn't do any stand-up. And it was, it's a bit of a adjustment right. getting back. Yeah. And it's like, you're writing stuff, and it's like, oh, this is any good. And it's like, and then, is the idea stale now that I'm, um, that I haven't, I, I wrote it down 11 days ago and I haven't tried it yet. Um, is it still fresh in my mind? Do I still care about this? Yeah. Um, all that stuff plays into your head and it's, you just gotta, you know, try and get out of your head when you can and figure out how to, you know, t- 
touch hearts and minds. Find your voice. It's important. Yeah. yeah. Dude, um, I, I was doing, I, where I lived in San Diego County, there was no stand-up. Like, there was... What city did you live in? I lived in North County in Vista. Okay. Do you I, know Vista, Oceanside? Yeah, I, I'm familiar a little bit. Oh, Oceanside. Yeah, that's really far up. Yeah. So I was like 40 minutes north of San Diego, 40 minutes south of Orange County. So you ran and, in between. And I had zero money, like nothing. Like this amp was given to me like eh, seven years ago. Like I just had it. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to do music mm-hmm. gigs all the time, like the dumb piano, yeah, like guitar. And, yeah. Um, and Great records. Yeah, I finally got. I had. Uh, where's have a microphone somewhere it's over by the door okay but um i had that mic stand for a long time that i got at a thrift store because i got a theremin you know what the theremin is the yeah it's the a, instrument with the um no I, there's an antenna that like sticks out of the top and like that's how you determine the pitch oh wow and then um there's there's an antenna that goes around and that's how you determine the volume but you don't touch it like it's an instrument that you play without touching it's crazy so crazy. <laughs> yeah. So I got the mic stand originally to put that on there. The theremin on. The theremin on, yeah. Wow. And then um and then I eventually was like, there's no places for me to do stand up up like up around here. There was a couple places but they're really shitty. Um and so I was like, I'm gonna start an open mic out of my apartment. So I started our apartment comedy show. Okay. And cool. I, I, I kind of build it as like a comedy show, but it was also an open mic. But like sure. people didn't people didn't come unless I already knew that they were gonna perform kind of thing. So, you, you so it's invi- kind of a book show. Yeah, you you invited people uh, pretty deliberately. Yeah, yeah. It was like other comics that I knew in the area, and I'd be like, hey, do you, can you do the show this weekend or whatever? Um, and I would do Friday nights. Uh-huh. Wait, is it Friday nights? Saturday nights. I don't know. It's your story. Yeah, it was... I'll believe you whatever you, whatever day <laughs> yeah. you say. It, <laughs> it was Saturday nights, and um, and I was, I ran that for eight months, uh-huh. and it was awesome because Great. I got I got like chairs over there in the corner. I'm gonna run it again, but I'm gonna run it out of my room. Here. Yeah. Which there's not a lot of room. No. There's almost, uh, almost not. <laughs> but I, the way I've mapped it out, like, three people can sit there. I three have, petite people can sit there, yes. <laughs> Two of me, three small girls. I have yeah. uh, eight chairs. I'll put this chair in the back so okay. my, someone can sit on my computer chair. I've got the stool. That's for the comics. Uh-huh. And I've got the mic and I've got the amp. And okay. going to run a show out of here. But, like, it's going to be small, but it's going to be really cool. Well, I hope you bring the air conditioning unit in here. Uh, well, I can't. <laughs> something I'm gonna have to do something about the heat because it's it gets pretty hot in here. But yeah. at night, like it's gonna be night cooled sure, yeah. down. Yeah. Um, but just because by virtue of having so many people in a room. Yeah, that's true. All the all the body yeah. heat. And, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna bring our apartment comedy show back here, and uh, like uh, the. The, my, um, for lack of a better word, landlady, my uh, fellow tenant. Your roommate. Yeah, my roommate. Um, she's like a little hesitant, but I think she thinks it's gonna be like a huge, like raucous thing, and like that we're gonna get complaints and stuff. But oh, okay. Um, 
But yeah, I, I'm I'm not I'm, sure it will be. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure that it's gonna be like, at most, someone might come over and be like, "Hey, what's uh, what's going on?" Like, pique their interest and be like, "Hey, what what are you guys doing in there? I hear a lot of laughter." Like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you it, depending on how loud it is. I mean, I don't know how, I don't know how loud you need the the amplification. No, need. yeah, because there's Some people are gonna be right it's there. It's a very limited space. It's yeah. Be like me talking to you. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> Don't need a mic. Yeah. Thanks, though. The mic is good, though, because, I mean, you need it to for... It'd be, if, I mean, Social contract. Yeah, I think stand-up would feel weird without a mic. Like, I, I know a lot of people do mic'd up and, like, they have their hands free or whatever, but... But there's still implication. Yeah. But the... I did a show where... For me, it would be weird not holding a mic to do stand-up. Yeah, I did a show in... At this festival in New Orleans where the, the mic went out. Oh no! Before the show happened, and they didn't figure out a way to fix it, so they the show was odd in general. So you were like yelling. Well, what happened was this is. I'll, I'll start from the beginning. So the the show started out with the pe- two people were running the festival, who I think were very lovely people, yeah. for the record, um, and they they did forty five minutes of short form improv. Like comedy sports type yeah, improv. Yeah. And if you're taking a comedy sports class right now, um, I don't hold anything against you. I just have trouble enjoying that type of improv. Um, something about it does not get me going. Like the games and stuff like that? It's just like the whose line is it anyway thing. Like I know people really like whose line, but I don't, I just don't care about yeah. whose line yeah. at all. It's just like, because I, I, maybe it's because I took classes in long form improv, but it's like I put a high premium on the mental capacity it takes to put together a long form improv show, a herald. Mm-hmm. Uh, with short form, it, it's, it's just not the same. Yeah. So anyway, that, that's beside the point. So they're doing improv for a long time. Then they start bringing up comedians. And one of them who was doing the improv was hosting for a while, and then she had to leave because of an emergency. And so they brought up a guy who is doing who's been doing comedy for two years, a local comic who'd been doing comedy for two years. He was not he was not sure what he was doing. Right. Did not know what he was doing. And so he comes up and he doesn't have a mic, so everyone's just sort of like he's trying to talk over everybody. He's like, uh, next comic, um Stuart Thompson. <laughs> and I'm just sitting in the back um, ma- making fun of the whole the whole thing with yeah. my friends in the back. Yeah. We're just like, what's going on here? And it's cold in New Orleans. It was in February, so it was like really cold that night. So I'm like layered up. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I hear the stuff, and I'm sitting in the back, and I'm just like, oh fuck! And so I have to push my way through the crowd. Oh no! And I'm running. I'm like, all, all right. I'm yelling as I'm going on stage. All right. Hi. What's going on here? <laughs> Who's this guy? Because he wasn't the host. I'm like. You're not even the host. You're, you're just a guy. <laughs> you just showed up on stage? Who are you? I mean, I know we met at the across the street, but what what's going on here? <laughs> so I was just like, I went for a minute, like a tirade yeah. about what was going on. And I'm like, I'm just going to pick up this mic because I practiced holding a mic. Yeah. So I'm just going to do that. <laughs> I'm just going to play into this this truth we pretend there's amplification i'm gonna play into this reality we all have agreed upon (laughs) um that's not happening how did that go my material 
did not go over as well as the riffing. <laughs> you could have just riffed the whole time. I could, in hindsight, yes, I could have riffed, <laughs> uh, and I probably should have, but I didn't, and so I'm just. It went. I mean, it went as well as it could have. I mean, I had one of the better sets of the night, but yeah. just because I was in the moment and just trying to. <laughs> but it was so insane. It was like the mic. The mic plays a big, you know, a big role in it. Yeah. Um. There's just like, it's just to show who's in charge. Yeah, it really is. It's a dominance thing, and it's like yeah. if he's talking and he's louder, we should listen. Yeah. <laughs> he or she. Yeah, sure. <laughs> or whatever gender you identify with. <laughs> a, a comic I know from San Francisco is now in New York. Janine Brito was always talking about how San Francisco is the only city where you have to, like, just as a citizen, you have to have a master's in gender queer theory. <laughs> <laughs> just to be able to walk around. Really booed. Out of well, life. Well, yeah, it's just like you, like, because just to understand what someone means by queer or questioning or intersex or, like, LGBTQ is a much shorter, ver is a condensed version of the, lo like, the longer list of <laughs> letters in the acronym yeah. that you can add to it. It used to be like QIQ, and it's like, oh, God. <laughs> and I, I, I don't, I don't lament anyone who's, if you have to deal, if you have to, deal with that, find, figuring out your identity, and it happens to be different from the, you know, heteronormative identity that's been placed upon you, um, I wish you, I wish you all the best of luck figuring mm -hmm. all that out, because you, know, you want, you want to express what's truly inside you, totally get that. It's a tough world. But God damn it, it's tough to keep up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I need a newsletter. <laughs> I do. I need a newsletter. I need... I need to know what I sh what I what I can call you by. Do you need do you want to be called they? Do you want to be called he, she? An, a, a a pronoun you made up that fits you best. Z I heard Z is one. Z I've heard is one. Z and Zer or something. Z and Zer is A or something like that. Yeah. Now we can all just pretend to be fake French people, <laughs> and that. Z <laughs> is. Z is a beautiful trans male to female woman. <laughs> Z, however, that's that's really funny, actually. That's oh man. So that yeah, but but I just I just I want to keep up and I want to be respectful, but it's very tough. It's tough, yeah. Um, I remember because I remember performing at shows where it's like most nights of the week it's a drag show. There's a place in San Francisco, uh, right off the freeway, called The Stud. Um, okay. Uh, gay bar, drag shows all the time. Wednesday night, open mic night. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes there'd be these, like, Franken-drag queens that would come through. Uh -huh. And it's like, they've gotten some work done, yeah. but not like, they may not be, they may not be trans-sexual yet. Yeah. They may just identify as, like, transgenders to be, like, dressed up. They look like a woman, got, like, a kind of a gaudy boob job yeah. but it's like you still a lot of male aspects of the bone structure facial hair it's, a, it's sort of in this <laughs> transitory period um, and it, and sometimes sometimes they're super nice and sometimes there, there was a couple that were like rude during the show they'd be like heckling the show yeah. it was like it's like that John Mulaney bit it's like you're gonna put all go through all that time and put on a nice dress and now you're gonna be rude <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's like, what's 
your notion of like why are you mean? Like what's your notion of a woman? Stop it. Stop it. Like, it sounds mean. like it sounds like you're just a guy still. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna be so mean. I heard that um there's some elementary schools that are letting kids use whichever bathroom they feel comfortable with. Interesting. Which like it's interesting, but it's also weird. It's so weird to me because, like, I didn't know my I didn't know what my dick was for for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah, it's um, we and we also like I knew I, I knew I liked girls, but I didn't know sure. what, I didn't know what the whole, and yeah, then to to be like I'm in a boys' bathroom and I don't feel like I should be in a boys' bath like when you're like seven, eight, like it's, what. Yeah, I think it's, I feel like it's pretty rare when kids, I mean, are questioning their sexuality, their gender identity at that age. I've heard of people who, like, said they knew they were gay or lesbian or bisexual when they were, like, before they were 10. Yeah. Like, uh, this guy, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Scharfenberger Chocolate. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it's a, lo- it's a San Francisco chocolate uh, manufacturer, but they, this guy, John Scharfenberger, he came and spoke at my middle school for Diversity Week, and he... He didn't talk about chocolate. He just talked about being gay. And he's like, I found, I figured out when I was eight. Hmm. Like, great. That's incredible that you can figure it out so early. Yeah. To know that you, you're a boy and you like boys and like, it's remarkable. I mean, that's almost comforting to know that you can, to be so clear about it. Because it's usually the pain comes from the ambiguity, or yeah, whether you're like holding back. Yeah, or like, holding back and not being who you really are. Yeah. And yeah, that's really tough. But if you know so clearly, I mean, that takes a lot of the grunt work and the stress out of it. Yeah. Um, you know, I I identify as heterosexual. I like I like women, and I feel comfortable around you know being with women. It's um, and frankly, in the twenty first century, I'm I'm a boring man. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I, I don't I, this, the thing the thing that goes into the other thing usually usually for the last thousands of years still works for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if you know if it's different for someone else, then we might have might have come down on them. Yeah. It's not not your life. It's yeah. Yeah. Well, now that we've got real. Now that we've solved. Uh, <laughs> now that we've covered the, the light gen- topic the, of the gender crisis. <laughs> Dude, that was so crazy! Like right before my set, that one guy was like, oh, yeah. going through all those different racial impressions, and I was like, okay, all right. <laughs> like I just thought it was. I started laughing at one point because it was so ridiculous that, <laughs> that he was going through yeah, someone all those. Who's, yeah, someone who's only a couple years into comedy can tackle so, something that's so <sighs> such a tough topic. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if you can speak to a uh, personal experience, and that's usually the way in for most of us, mm-hmm. but, you know, you're just talking about it for the sake of talking about it. It's like, eh, we need something more. <laughs> I need something more. <laughs> God. Uh, cool. I think we've covered the uh, the three questions I usually ask. Let me see. I got them all. What are the three that you usually ask? I mean, I, I, you asked a fair number of questions, but I, I I know I know. What do you what do you usually start with? I, I like pepper them in. I like I, um, so I don't. There's no order. It's just like whenever it comes up. Yeah. Or, sure. And if it doesn't come up, then I'll, like, be like, so blah blah blah. Like, uh, favorite part about doing stand up. Okay. I am. Um, Where do you work? So yeah. you like do gigs and you work at a comedy store. Yeah, and it's you know, uh, odd jobs do come up. I've I've worked some uh, some odder jobs. You know, you help someone move, or you uh, or you're I, like I, swimming in a in a river bed or something. Yeah, to swim upstream. We're trying to generate <laughs> power. 
for this otter, water wheel. Otter jobs. Yeah. <laughs> break open this muscle shell. <laughs> mm. Won't break over my stomach. <laughs> I, I work. I checked. I checked IDs outside of a uh, electronic music club, hmm. not too far from here, on like near Hollywood and Gower. Yeah. Uh, there was a club that I would like check IDs for and like scan tickets for. Hmm. It paid. It paid better than the store, so I, I would work there on weekends. Hmm. Sometimes I'd work out things with the bouncer. The bouncers where the club was full, but people wanted to get in. We'd figure out the right amount of money for them to tip us to get us in. Oh. So I, having been on that other side, it's like I totally get it. Nice. <laughs> 50 bucks for each of you. Sometimes people would pay up, too. I, I remember walking home with a wad of cash that I'd never had. Like, an a, amount of money I'd never had in my pocket in cash <laughs> at any point in time before. That's awesome. It's ridiculous. And I was like, oh, I'm going to, this is going to pay for groceries for... So are they hours. hiring, or...? I don't, I, don't, I, don't that, I don't even know if that club's still around. The problem is, like, I, my friend and I were working there, and we were working there because, like, the club knew this person we knew in comedy, and she worked other like live events, yeah. and then so we would work some of her live events and like TV tapings. Like I, I worked like when Russell Brand had his TV show, I'd sometimes like seat the room for his TV tapings. Okay. So it was like the same per people. We just go over to that, but then uh, SBE, SBE, which is like the big live event, yeah. or and you know, event venue showcase thing was uh, they took over and they just brought in all their people. Super buzzing electricity? Yes. Yeah. I could have come up with something better, but... Yeah. <laughs> Subliminal, binary, eggheads. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yep. It, whatever. <laughs> so they, they were, I mean, they were nice people, but they, I mean, they eventually just funneled this out. You know, we don't need you to come. <laughs> we're going to have these ladies work at Okay. That are cute. <laughs> uh, they all like, we all like each other, and we like talking, and we don't, we think you're weird, so we're just not going to have you. I think that's, that's what it came down to. I think that's how most work environments boil down to. It's like, eh, it's not your qualifications. It's not. It's like, are you a decent person? Are you are you okay for us to be around you most of the time? Mm -hmm. And I'm a quiet dude for the most part. I mean, yeah, sure, we've been talking for a while, but like, I I keep to myself a lot. I I'm a pretty private person, um, unless someone asks, and I just spill everything. Yeah. And, <laughs> but like, I don't. When I'm at work, I'm working. I'm not like socializing with people that much unless mm -hmm. it's like friends in my comedy community where I actually ca care about I don't care what hike you went on uh, if we're just working some office job <laughs> don't care at all <laughs> unless we hit it off at my last job uh, so I was making labels all day I was able to just plug in and listen to podcasts all day long yeah I'm sure that got you through it too yeah oh yeah there was some days where I was just like this is so shitty like I would get mm -hmm. Finish up my inbox, and then the um, the beast uh, that I I didn't work for her, but she you call her the beast provided me work. <laughs> no, I, uh, That'd be so funny. There's an inside joke. I would call her Kim, um, and I had a whole bit on it. I haven't done it in a really long time, um, but it's based in real life where it just made me so mad. I just wanted to like stab her sometimes. Um, but she would Sounds real funny. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you don't do that bit anymore. I mean, uh, there was more to it than that. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of poetry in the stabbing <laughs> description. The color of the, the, the blood dripping off of the, uh, the dagger. Um, it really... 
it coalesced well with uh, yeah, it, laughter. Yeah, it worked well with the labels because you know you could run the label through and you could actually run some blood samples on the diagnostics. Yeah, yeah, it was blood samples and for like to because it was all just black ink and I wanted to mix it up. <laughs> <laughs> so she would come with like this huge stack of just from my inbox and just slam it down and I'm just like ah. It sounds like a cartoon job. It really was like sometimes. you have the inbox and the outbox and there was <laughs> <a> <laughs> <laughs> yeah my first uh, like we had Christmas week off and paid for That's but cool. but the first uh, week that I was there I was still working for the temp agency so I was looking forward to a week with no work but also no pay <laughs> I was like oh um, that that last day everyone was like breaking down their desks and socializing and their work was done and I was like pumping away labels 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 all damn day and i was just like what is this <laughs> like what it, that that really was like a cartoon I thing can, you know I was yeah, like, I can, I can yeah you just you get in this weird sort of like data entry kind of job which i know other comics have done before oh, yeah. through temp agencies and it's like it's so paralyzing and mind-numbing yeah that i, I can see how i'd be you know there's no shame in it but i'm ashamed of it sure <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you, you're you're a smart guy. You know that you have the ability uh, to do bigger and better things, and so why not do that? I got dreams. Exactly. And that's why I moved up here. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Why not pursue that? And you know, at least you're doing something you care about and something that you're able to put your whole heart into. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For me, it's. I mean, I love working at the store. Um, like I said, it's never boring. I've gotten to meet some of the biggest names in um, in entertainment, yeah. and it's really exciting. There are times when it's really shitty, like I said before, and but and I'm I would like to eventually not have to work there. Yeah. Um, if once I get passed as a paid regular at the comedy store, which I'm hoping will happen sometime in the next six months, six to nine months, I'm hoping, like once I get passed, if I'm still working there, I will quit that day. Yeah. It's like thank you for having, thank you for passing me as a paid regular. I appreciate you guys hiring me. I'm done. Paid regular would mean like once a week. Calling in and doing sets on the paid regular shows. So, you know, the shows that are from 9 till 2 uh, okay. in the original room or in the main room. 10 minutes? 15 minutes. Okay. So And the money's not great. So you get 15 bucks a set for 15 minutes. Unless you're in the main room, in which case the comics split half the door. Hmm. So, the, with all that, though, it's just the idea of being... I want to be seen there as a comic and not as just some guy who works the door. So once right. I get passed, and I'm, if I'm still working there, I was like, all right, I'm tendering my resignation. Thank you so much for everything. But I'm just going to be a comic here now. And it's just like, I, I have to draw a line in the sand. Yeah. I'm, I'll, by, quit, by quitting once that, ha once that happens, I will, I'll find a way to make money. I'll find another way. Yeah. And it, it, quitting will, will It'll force push me. you, yeah. It'll yeah. force me to find another way. Yeah. I just can't. I've seen people who've been working there a lot longer than me. You know, who've people who've also gotten past and are staying, still working there, and it's because they haven't found a better job. It's like I need to just. I I'll have to be away once I'm done. Yeah. It's when you know. It's like when you know you're qualified. You when you're doing that entry stuff, like the label thing, you know you're qualified to do better, bigger, and better stuff. Oh my gosh! I there, oh man, there were so there were people who were like. Don't you want to retire? Don't you want to like? And I was like, no. Like I never want to retire. What I want to do is so far away from what I'm doing now. And yeah. then they were like, but don't you want to? And I'm like, no. I'm like no. This is not. The but end. this is a good job. There's good benefits. Like I don't care. Like yeah, this is. 
this is not the end of the line for me. Yeah. If I, uh, when I was married, we, we uh, lived there and I worked there and she was like scared to death of moving to LA. And I knew that at some point I needed to move to LA to do what I wanted to do. Um, and, uh, she was like, honestly, I'd be fine, like, living out the rest of my days in Vista. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, yeah, well, that, that's <laughs> like, where, and that's where you got to the core difference between you two. Yeah, sure. well, I mean, there's a, there's a lot more, but, um, Yeah, but that's a, that's a huge one. That's a, that's a pretty big one, yeah. Um, and it was just like, no, like, this, this is so, it's like small town versus... It'd be Small like town versus big dreams. It'd be like living in, um, I don't know, like if you really, really, really wanted to live in Seattle, but you lived in a, a town that's like two hours away. Yakima or something like that. Yeah, for the rest of your life. It's like that's not Seattle. Like you're not, not you're not gonna get rained on all the time in Yakima. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you might, but you know, won't feel the same. <laughs> you, won't, you won't have that good coffee. It's a, to make it feel better and feel cozy. <laughs> you won't be able to wear all those light jackets. <laughs> That's funny, my parents live in Snohomish. And uh, okay. so it's like, I think it's like 40 minutes from Seattle. And so I'm like, my parents moved to Seattle. I just say Seattle because no one knows no Snohomish. One knows Snohomish. No one yeah. knows Bothell. Like they lived in Bothell first. Um, huh. But yeah, like small town, like. Here, here, where I'm living right now, it's like in the center of everything. Yeah. It's close to everything I want to be. You're in the heat of it. I walked to Meltdown yesterday, and I mm -hmm. walked home. Like, yeah, it's great. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> comedy. Yeah. And it's it's amazing what what we'll do for comedy, and if if you really want it, you'll you'll find a way to make it happen. And if you, for those of you who are listening, I hope that don't. You know, that you like comedy. Obviously, you, you care a little bit about comedy. Especially if you listen this long. Yeah. We've, uh, wow. This is the longest episode so far. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. How, far, how long have we been going? We've, we've hit the three-hour mark. Oh, golly. This has turned into an episode of You Made It Weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we uh, did make it weird with the conspiracies and all the alien talk a little in the bit. beginning. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> um, we talked a little about singularity. We, oh, yeah. Got, talk about as related to recycling global warming <laughs> composting yeah yeah um yeah the closest thing i get to, i get to conspiracy theories is watching vice um, uh tv show yeah and it, it, on hbo it's based off the magazine oh okay i haven't seen it but the articles are just like they're, they're bleak um it's just <laughs> like this, here's what's happening here's what's probably going to happen after as a result of this <laughs> it's crazy uh, anyway so if you're listening and uh at home at work at school i'll Hit me up on Twitter and let me know if you listen this long, and I will I'll I'll, I'll send you like a medal because you because you deserve it. <laughs> um, I'll send you I'll send you I'll figure out a gold medal that I can make for you. What's your Twitter? Uh, at Stuart B Thompson. So at S T U A R T B Thompson. Uh, I should be able to spell that. Thompson with a P. Thompson with a P and an H. Yeah. T H O M P S O N. I spelled it anyway. So, <laughs> so that's Stuart B Thompson. Uh, that's Twitter and Instagram, but. The fact of the matter is, whatever you want to do with your life, you should, you know, go at it with, you know, the utmost drive and determination. Um, and if you really want to do whatever you want to do, whether it's being an electrical engineer or a comedian or you want to work as a, if you really want to be a dental assistant, whatever it is, you should figure out a way 
you know, to make what you want to happen happen. Yeah. You just you'll find a way, because your your body and your and your mind will be searching for um, you know ways to make that you know success happen. That's just the way our brain chemistry works, and that's what, how the secret works. Um, <laughs> it it really is like I, I the secret is like half real, like it's not like every all your dreams will come true. But if you're pushing for something you're, and you're constantly working towards it, like yeah, it's you'll, it's you'll, that Gladwellian you, you can get thing. there. Yeah, yeah. You'll find a way to make it happen if mm -hmm. you're determined enough. And if not, then maybe that's not what you want. What you really want to do. Maybe there's something else you really care about. Yep. So, um, yeah, I'm just gonna keep doing it with comedy and and writing and you know acting if the if the, you know as those doors open up. Lately, it seems like the writing thing is what's going on. Nice. I'm just uh, trying to you know submit. Competitions and stuff? Uh, not competitions, but like submitting for shows and, you know, stuff that, you know, I'm going to be writing on this, the CBS Diversity Showcase uh, hmm. starting this month. Um, what does that mean? It's a live sketch show that CBS puts on. It's all for, like, uh, industry and stuff like that, but okay. it's like sketch performers and you, uh, the, the writing team, like, will link up with them and write sketches. And we'll write, according to my friend who used to write for the show, it's every year. You write from like September through January. The way the show ends up going is you end up writing like six hundred sketches between for the whole writing staff, Whoa. and then like twenty get on the show. Huh. And so. And it's a paid gig. Mm, sad Could thing. be a. I like it's one of the. It's like the most arduous non-paid gig, but it's like the ultimate boot camp for like writing for a sketch show. Huh. So. I'm hoping you know it'll just be the great you know. Hopefully, one of the last great unpaid learning experiences <laughs> I can I can muster. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's one of those things. It's it's um, yeah. It's gonna be a labor of love. Yeah, and a lot of hate. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you have anything else to plug? Any shows coming up? When, when, or? when does this drop? Uh, I've actually got that information right here. It's gonna drop. The 19th, September 19th. The 19th. Um, I, I'd i say just um, check my check my Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Um, it's just Stuart Thompson and for at Stuart B. Thompson for Twitter and Instagram. I, I post when I'm doing shows in L.A. or out of town. Um, I feel like I'm probably going to be in town for a lot for the next few months just because of the show. Yeah. But, um, you know, that's subject to change. Because so. of the oh, because of because of the writing yeah. thing. So, but we'll see. Um, I'm, but I I, tr I tour when I can, and um, hopefully I'm I'm trying to explore new cities. I think I'm going to be in uh, Washington D.C. in uh, the weekend of October third through the fifth. So it's um, pretty specific. Yeah, you think you're going to be or no? I'm gonna, I'm going to be there that weekend I, for sure. I'm just just not I'm, sure. I'm waiting. Of what shows you? Would be yeah. So just keep an eye out for that. Alright. Cool. Yeah. Thanks for doing it, man. This was fun. Thanks so much for having me. This was, uh, it was a great talk. Yeah. You and me and Thoughts and Talk with Doug Culp and Stuart Thompson. Am I supposed to say anything at the, at the end? No. I'm Thanks so much for <laughs> Bye-bye.